<laughs> Pot of gold. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you this week. Our guest today is Nick Matson. Nick is known as Foggy Augie on the Instagram, and you may know him as the husband of friend of the show, Madeline Matson. Formerly Madeline Moore, formerly Madeline Dickerson. I've known her for basically my whole life. She's a good friend. Her husband is a delightful man. He came in here and we really hit it off right away. I kind of felt like I could be myself around him because I know him through Madeline and Madeline knew me when I was a little kid. And it's hard to, you know, hard to pretend when you've known someone that long. So I kind of felt, I felt like I knew him already. And um, he did not disappoint. As I was editing this thing, I laughed my butt off. It was really fun. He's a good dude. I'm not going to uh, spend a lot of time on this intro. If you need to get a hold of us, you can email me at ramblebytheriver at gmail.com or admin1 at ramblebytheriver.com. You can find all this stuff at ramblebytheriver.com. Or hit us up on social media at ramblebytheriver on Facebook and Instagram and at rambleriverpod on Twitter and at jeff underscore nesbit 88 on TikTok. But mostly, you don't probably need to get hold of us. So just enjoy the podcast. Before we get to it, just a quick message from our sponsor. This episode of Ramble by the River is brought to you by Ford Electric. 360-642-2137. Serving Southwest Washington since 1944, Ford Electric is the local standard for quality electrical work and outstanding customer service. Whether you're in need of someone to wire your new construction project or you need someone to call when the lights go out, go with Ford Electric. Call 360-642-2137 to schedule your electrical service today. I can tell you from personal experience, I know the guys who work for this company, I know the guys who own this company, and they are top of the line, cream of the crop, human beings. If you call them and schedule something, you're gonna get the best service available, and that's just a given. So don't make the mistake of going with somebody else. Call Ford Electric today for your electrical service in Southwest Washington. One more time, that's 360-642-2137 for Ford Electric. My guest today is a longshoreman who's been at the game since he was 12 years old. He grew up across the river over there on the slough in John Day, there in Oregon. He's like a Swiss army knife of a human being. The guy's got a lot of skills. He knows a little bit about everything. And I had a hell of a good time getting to know him. I think after the whole thing was all said and done, we became friends. So without further ado, they call him the John Wick 2 of John Day Slough. Give it up for Nick Met.
Cause you proved to me yeah. that rising to the top was my destiny. Yeah. And you can see whatever from behind me. Mics oh. are going. Okay. Mics are going. Do I need to have some of these guys on? Yeah, throw them on for a minute and just so you get, get a feel for the mic. It's kind of kind of gets you in the zone. I like them. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that that feels right. Good. It, and let me know if it's too loud or anything. No. Okay. I have a feeling you'll be good at the mic. It's 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 really you don't seem like someone who's going to have a problem. Some people no. really struggle. Other people natural born mic users. It's yeah. I actually struggle. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I I feel like the first hour of every podcast is me just like struggling so hard not to adjust the mic. Uh, because it, when I just give in and be like, no, trust your instincts, dude. Just adjust it. You should probably adjust it if you feel like you should adjust it. Right, right. I'm always wrong. But the guests will come in and they'll be like way over here or what? And I'll be like, oh, my God, it's going to sound terrible. <laughs> and it never does. So it's, Oh, good. I just, uh, who knows? It's some kind of a magic. Yet. I can't quite put my finger Are on it. Are you doing like an omni in the middle here, too, to catch the room? Okay. That, yep. Yeah, that's just for cool. just a, a backup. Just in case I've lost Great. the recording before, and that's a, a real bummer. So this is good to have, just in case. But Ooh. yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, so what do you do for a living? I'm a longshoreman. A longshoreman. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. exactly did they do? Oh my god! Um, everything that involves things that come off of or onto international freight by water i knew it yeah i knew it yeah <laughs> oh man I, I actually had no idea when you say longshore i'm like that sounds like someone who gets paid well mm. and has very specific skills and like spends a lot of time do you spend a lot of time out on the water you suspend more yeah okay. Okay. but uh, absolutely that's kind of my yeah who who employs you as a longshoreman so uh as a member of the ILWU, the International Longshore and Warehousers Union, um, we have a lot of different employers. Okay. Right? So we are our own entity, um, but there's a large association called the Pacific Maritime Association who chiefly employs us, although we have quite a few other employers. And what they are is they're a group of maritime employers. So they're kind of a united group of many, many different companies, and they're kind of they basically make up the bulk of the the power in the Pacific. Okay, so it's just like on a needed basis, they'll assign people or link up who needs what with who need who's got the stuff to give, or how does it all coordinate? Is are they just a coordinator? Well, no, um, it's it's on a pretty grand scale. Um, there's there's uh, obviously different. Uh, shipping companies and then at the ports there's different stevedore companies and then there's also the like say uh cargo owners cargo handlers um and, and that's only and that's only representing the corporations which own the individual assets and entities okay so there's a lot of changing of hands okay there's a so lot it's of just agreements. so much interest all packed together there's hundreds of companies got it involved in it yeah interesting yeah, I, I always see those ships coming down the river with all the uh, big freight boxes on them, and it's it's weird because I live right on the river, so I see it. But so many people are ordering stuff off of Amazon and just like living with stuff that's being shipped all the time, and they never see the process at all. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> all the way from the beginning 
where it's being made by little tiny slave children in mm -hmm. Asia, mm -hmm. all the way to the end where it's being dumped back on them as trash. Right. <laughs> but um, it's all invisible. But anyway, <sighs> how you been, man? I, it's, it's, I haven't talked to you for a while. It's you and Madeline. By the way, everybody, this is Nick. He is uh, the husband of friend of the show, Madeline, um, mm -hmm. formerly Dickerson, now Matson. Mm-hmm. And, and there's uh there's a little something we gotta we gotta talk about, Jeff. Sure, yeah. Concerning my wife. And uh <clears throat> why uh why do you hate my wife? I love your wife. She's amazing. She's a great person. I'm just, you know, she's constantly stealing my thunder my entire life. So but... so you don't feel like you're in a constant competition. Well, yeah, competition is a strong word because it's always seemed to lose. Is it is it the envy that drove you to tell her Santa didn't exist. Oh no! I was trying was to ready. save her soul on that one. That was just—I <laughs> was working for the Lord. I couldn't have that. Everybody just being fooled by the devil there. <laughs> she, she told me you'd reference hell and Santa. Oh, I would. Yeah, <laughs> my daughter does it now because she hangs out with my mom. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, Grammy Tori, don't fuck around. She's not gonna let us end up in the pits of hell. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I've lightened up about it though. I don't, I don't tell people they're going to hell as much yeah, anymore. Yeah, don't don't let her hear the show with me on it. That that'd be uh, a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you listened to her episode? No. She talked about you. And this was a while ago. Oh, you're talking about Madeline. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were talking about your grandma. I was like, wow, oh, that's no, cool. No, no. My mom. I'm talking about th yeah, that was my mom. My daughter's oh, okay. grandma. I got it, got it, got it. But uh yeah, no. Um yeah, in Madeline's episode, which was like very early on. It was, yeah. It yeah, she mentioned how she was getting herself back out in the dating world and she'd met a guy and it was still early and, you know, it, uh, she seemed excited. Mm. But um, mm. we, the audience would probably love to hear your side of this, that story about how you guys met and how you became a part of this community. Mm -hmm. You want to mm -hmm. tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Well, I'll cut a lot of the fat out of it. I'll get to the meeting Madeline. And uh, so at the time... I had kind of come back home. I, you know, I was I was born and raised in Astoria. My family's from Astoria, and I'd kind of been eyeballing Nacelle for a while. And so I uh, came home, and I was actually living in that uh, that that blue trailer that lives at our house. Oh, okay. I was okay. actually living at uh, in Deep River in that, and uh, <clears throat> we did the whole uh, online matchup deal. You know, which service? Tinder. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Living fast and loose. Live fast and loose, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if that counts in the rural areas. I don't. I've never been in the game out here. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if it does either. You gotta be I, careful. I uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I, th I think when those days were upon me, I don't think Tinder was out yet. Oh. Um. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I made uh, some really, some really uh, coy remark about. Uh, being interested in museums and history, which I am, you know, to Madeline. Who isn't? Yeah. Well, people, you know, people who bore me a lot. Yeah, aren't, dorks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and they're always making fun of us. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Ridiculous. Uh, people with corners on their heads and stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, and we, we, we went, uh, we, we actually agreed to uh, meet up for a walk and we went for a walk on the river walk and I story we met at the maritime museum and uh this is the first date this was the first date right and uh we went for a walk and, and talked i mean we just i don't know it seems like we hit it off right away and we we saw we saw each other almost every day after that too it was kind of a um 
it's kind of an interesting scenario, I guess, where, you know, you don't really know what the other person's thinking when you're in a situation like that. You just know you want to see that person. So it's always yeah. really interesting when that person very quickly reciprocates, you know? Yeah. And, and that, it, that's kind of like. Were you ever like, uh, it's too good to be true? Did it happen that fast? Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. It, I remember watching it happen and feeling like, oh, wow, this, it was, sim I had just gone through the same thing. So it was. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, right. me and Melissa were not far ahead of you guys. And, and it was very similar. Just like the first day we hung out, it's like from then on out, it was just like, I would like to do this all the time. And it seems common. Yeah. Like before it happens to you, I don't think you notice how common it is. But uh, when it comes down to like second marriage stuff, yeah. especially during the time when, when, when we've met our people, mm -hmm. I, I think it's been really common. It really I think the second story. marriage helps. Oh, Be, because it's like okay you've been through a, a, a practice round you know what not to do and you know what not to expect also a lot of a lot of first marriage problems are are just dashed expectations mm -hmm. and then couples that can't recover from the realization that real life is not a fairy tale it's not going to be exactly uh. like they may have always pictured it and then the second marriage only has to live up to the expectations that were established between the end of the first one and the beginning of the second, that's a lot shorter time period. And it's like, there's no childhood involved in there and dreaming of princess fairyland or, you know, prince fairyland, whatever you're into. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess I've got a simplified version. I mean, I, you know, you, you, how often do you eat the first pancake? Me personally, never, yeah, never. I'm cooking. It's not the good one. Yeah, that's true. That's not the one. You don't put that on anybody's that goes in the trash. I mean, that's kind of the way I view it. Oh yeah. Know? That is actually a good analogy. Especially if you haven't made pancakes the pan's before. Not ready. Yeah, it's your first yeah. time making pancakes. Mm -hmm. it just, it's just getting hot. Mm -hmm. It's all it's weird shape. Yeah, you're totally right. Mm -hmm. Totally right. What's your pancake strategy? Are you a pancake guy? I do love pancakes. Are you a Bisquick man? I, I bet you're from scratch, aren't you? I was when like I had a lot of time to make good breakfast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was actually more of a biscuit man than a pancake man. Oh, nice. Yeah, a big biscuit man. Drop biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Mm -hmm. Chicken and dumplings, you ever do that at a Bisquick? I have not. It's basically like the biscuits and you just drop them into a boiling thing of chicken soup. I love and it. then they just cook on the top and it, they're so good. I love it. Mm. It's been a long time since I made that. Yeah. Probably like 15 years. Mm. It's been a I while. feel biscuity right now. Yeah. I could yeah. really go for a few biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> could, I mean, we could spend all day talking about biscuits. Absolutely. I had a scone for breakfast. <clears throat> oh. Basically just a breakfast biscuit with yeah. sugary, uh, delicious bits in it. Yeah. You ever get the Chinook coffee scones? Uh, I have. They are very good. I mean, you, Madeline probably makes pretty decent scone, huh? I mean, Madeline makes pretty much good everything. She does. Good. I don't want to just make assumptions like uh -huh. I'm not I'm not some kind of a one of those guys who's just like, "Oh, you have a wife who cooks amazing stuff. She must cook for you all the time." I'm not going to make these assumptions. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> but she must fucking cook for you all the time, huh? Uh, good stuff? Oh man. I well, she she does cook good stuff very often. Um we we both cook quite a bit. It really really changes, but but I would say when we when we were first getting to know each other, we cooked for each other all the time. Oh, you're both just showing off we, all the time. Oh, we were just showing off huge. Yeah, oh, that's ate, probably really we, fun. We ate awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's different when you're a grown-up and you can actually afford to buy ingredients. And like, especially when you're a dual-earner household and you both love to cook and eat, it's fun. It's, yeah. a, it's like a major hobby you can establish in your life. It'll be funner when the kids are like a tiny bit older. Right now, yeah. we're definitely like in, in like survival eating. It takes longer than you think. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, my 14-year-old is just starting to be like 
eat like a normal man, mm-hmm. which is a great time because it's just like you got some extra food, push it his way. It's just like, God, somebody finish off this taco meat. We, we, we've all eaten as much as we can and there's still like you know a cup and a half here. Put it in a bowl and give it to Sawyer. I think I think we're really going to enjoy when um, when kids when kids start cooking, not just you know not just be do this, do this, do this. When they actually start getting into like, ooh, you know, yeah. understanding why I'm doing this. I think we'll both be really excited when kids start to understanding why cooking works. Yeah, it's chemistry. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do. It is, and it's very good for your brain. Yeah, it's just like it's primal. Yeah, you'd die without it. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I mean, people do the raw diet thing, but they don't seem to enjoy it. Oh, their shits probably oh. smell so bad. Oh, man. People, you know, some people just don't enjoy life. Yeah. You know, they got to come up with reasons like why they need to be so much better than they are. And I mean, I'm not really a self-improvement guy, you know. I'm not I'm, I'm not that man. I, I, I am live be. as the beast is, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, that's a much better way to just relish who you are. Oh, God, yeah. Just lean in and mm-hmm. just be it. Bathe and in it. Especially if you like stuff that's, like, good for you. Like eating delicious food. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no harm in that. Mm-hmm. But, and like, I mean, you carrying a six pack of Tollies, uh, that's. Nothing but fresh Rocky Mountain water, Jeff. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's better than Ohio water. <laughs> this is not from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been following this uh, East Palestine, Ohio disaster? The Norfolk Southern derailment. Oh, yeah, the trains. No, not as much as I probably should. Scary times. Scary times. Well, it's not easy to follow, really, unless you're, like, in social media. But mm-hmm. it's it's barely covered on, on regular news. Well, you know, when it comes to – I can and I can, I can speak pretty broadly on shipping, right? When it comes to shipping and the amount of material moved and the amount of money made, especially against the money it takes – to make those earnings, right? So the, your your wages, the actual equipment, et cetera, is so great, you know, where even the power for information to get out um, is is fantastic. Just because you know, they make so much money? Yeah, it, it's yeah. just absolutely amazing. Um, for example, right now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm part of a political group of uh, longshoremen and, and union mariners called the Washington District Council, uh, and it's a labor council. It's a political group. Um, and we're we're trying to get our foot in the door with something called the Indo-Pacific Trade Agreement, which is something that's basically happening behind closed doors between uh, Asian entities and, you know, United States, Canada, and, and Mexican uh, entities. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, kind of leaving the public and labor out of the conversation, even though they're things that affect us massively and actually in the end will affect our day-to-day lives. So looking at something like, you know, if derailments are covered up, it's like, well, Obviously. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they're trying to cover the way the world economy works. Like, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. So that's such a great point. Mm. Oh my God. That's so applicable to every field mm-hmm. because it's just like, once you can see behind the veil just a little bit in in your world, you can apply that same analogy to every situation. Like, for example, in my industry, I spray chemicals uh, on public property for mm-hmm. a living. So I understand how much of a bitch it is to do that. I don't like it because it's a huge amount of liability. You have to do so much training and safety work. It's just like you really have to work your ass off not to – 
you know, cause major problems. Absolutely. So I understand how much it is. Uh, I just, I know how much is going into it and I know how much of a wonderful relief it would be if I wasn't required to do any of that and tell anybody anything about what I'm doing. Absolutely. And they couldn't chase me down in their car because I'm flying a motherfucking airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I see the planes flying by, leaving these giant strips of aluminum nanoparticles in the sky that spread out like a fucking rug across the sky for the rest of the day, and people want to tell me, oh, there's no way that the government would spray those, you know, geoengineering chemicals that are well-documented in research. There's no way they would use that technology without telling us. And I say, no, sir, you're wrong about that. They would, because it it would be way easier to get it done. And if they took the time to understand that it was actually going to be of a net benefit to whatever standard they were, you know, deciding by, let's face it, it's money in their pocket and the pockets of their friends, probably not the safety and health of the planet. But let's just give them a generous assumption that it's because they're trying to prevent global warming uh, or fix the climate or something. Either way, if they don't have to tell us, they're not going to tell us. Absolutely. No, no, no. And um, now they're finally talking about it at least and acting like they've been talking about it all along. It's like, we never called you crazy. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, I, I think, <clears throat> I think, I think the base idea is that with, with, great wealth you know and, and greed that that corruption is just it grows exponentially oh yeah right i mean when we're for example in the longshore i'm not going to come here with facts and numbers because i'm not that guy but the amount of wealth that's created you know the amount of income towards say the pacific maritime association um weighed against the incomes of everybody on the job is staggering. Yeah. Staggering. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a uh, fully loaded log ship, you know, it's four, so four, four gangs of guys, a whole host of uh, stackers, you know, we're talking about like fractions of percents. How many guys we, we talking to, that would be involved in that process of loading the boat i mean actually really from the logging all the way to getting it loaded and exported how many people would that be involved in that process in the on the work line oh all the way from all the way from the logging 500 would you say yeah i mean in in that industry because that's i mean the profit's going to be derived from that whole process right and the logging companies are making a buttload of money too like right right well, i mean it, they're separate i know from the shipping industry but mm-hmm. um yeah either way you're saying there's a lot of uh a big difference between the size of a bite the guys on the lower end are getting compared to the the guys at the top. Well, absolutely. So, so one of the reasons one of the reasons you can't really involve the logging side of it, or even like the handling side of it, is they have their own corporations that are already making that money off of them. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like the, the the group of earnings split at that when it goes from, you know, the actual uh, the handlers, you know, the timber company, and then once it goes into our hands and we're you know, bringing it down the dock and putting it on the ship. That's it. You're just a middleman then. Okay. Right. In a, in, a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Nothing, nothing can really go anywhere without us. Right. Uh, so does, <clears throat> does that mean you have to take ownership of stuff or, or you're just transferring it? Like, no. So once say, once say like a log is, has been scaled, 
right? It's been scaled and it, it receives a barcode. And uh, once that's done, then it's in the it's in the custody of basically whoever is purchasing it, right? It's partially the shipping company with insurance on the cargo, but then whoever in whatever country has purchased it, it becomes theirs at that time. Okay, so it's like when I buy something on Amazon when it ships to me, that's why I have the tracking information because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. coming to me, it's mine. Right. And that's why they can just leave it on my doorstep, right? Because mm-hmm. And I don't have to sign for it, even though they used to make everyone sign for everything. Yeah, I but, mean, you know, I mean, there's definitely going to be, you know, uh, a good trail for all uh, all cargo of that value, you know, especially when it comes down to uh, harvested resources and, and whatnot. Things are pretty well accounted for. Um, but uh, so... I guess the point I was getting to was, you know, these are fractions of a percent, what like the labor and even the ports make off of, you know, these uh, these exports and and also these imports. I mean, these corporations, there's they make so much that there's om- the, the overhead's negligible. Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's raindrops in an ocean, you know, and and yeah. once once you st- start to understand the the power and, and the size of what you're dealing with it's 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 staggering i mean yeah and it's like that in every industry the the just the power is very concentrated it's weird say, when you look at those charts that show you where the ownership is of all the major corporations mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. all very much like spiderwebs back to blackrock and vanguard and like a very few companies own right everything right and i mean for example there's I mean, just what the PMA is, Pacific Maritime Association, what they are is already such an odd thing. You know, they are a union for corporations. They're a union for people who don't need a union other than to combat labor. Oh, yeah. Right? That's a super shady thing in general. It's like the opposite of what a union's supposed to do. They unite together to to collectively bargain against labor. That sounds way more like a, uh, what is that, uh, anti- Trust? No, is it trust? What are the things? It's God. How am I? I'm drawing a blank. Well, I mean, it's really akin to a monopoly. Yeah, monopoly right? is like the, what I'm kind of like the term I'm thinking of, but it's that's just but, the one company, right? But but the way they've done it is to get around exactly what that is. I thought they it's antitrust laws. Profit. I'm not yeah. sure. I, I, yeah. I, that's what I think. I'm I'm think I'm thinking of that. But because uh, they compete. They compete and they can show that they compete, but if one oh, wins, they okay. still all win. Yeah, but can right? they get together behind closed doors and negotiate prices and price fix and all that stuff? Well, not necessarily. I'm sure they figured out how to do that. I mean, they, they, that could like happen, it. right? But yeah. they they um they're only in competition to do business with with, with the companies they don't represent. Okay. You, you see you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if one wins, they all kind of win, but they 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 can how compete convenient. for more pools of money but rich people are so smart oh man yeah yeah it's out of control oh my god we're fucked (laughs) (laughs) all the money is like see all these mountains around us all the money's up at the very 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 top seven percent of america's wealth is concentrated in the bottom 80 percent of the population that's fucked up that's crazy that's dangerous that's a dangerous position we are teetering on the brink of collapse well, and we're 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 doing we're doing idiotic things too. Continuously, you know? uh, just print that money, baby. Print me some more. Well, I mean, for example, as as uh, um, 
you know, and I don't by any means consider myself like a big, like a big nationalist or anything. But for example, with this, this outfit that was at, uh, at Portland, the container yard that, um, Portland's local got in this huge, uh, legal battle with, um, and they were able to sue the union and that's still an ongoing thing for a, a grotesque amount of money. Like I said, I'm not a holding facts and figures type of guy, but this was an overseas company that was allowed to do business in our country, break labor laws, and is also a, uh, an outfit that's well known for not only like breaking humanitarian laws in their own countries where they operate, but also for murdering labor leaders in those countries. And they were allowed to get into a legal battle with an American union. That that doesn't even seem like that should be, you know, once once there's an argument between American labor and a foreign entity, they, they shouldn't have any rights to to argue with American labor. No, that's, just be that's kind removed of from scary. the country. Right. And they were actually removed from the country. They are never allowed to do business in the United States again. Okay. Permanently. So they got but banned. But they are still allowed to sue us. In so what court? Why? Wait, in what court? Um, you're going to get me on that one. That would be, I don't you're know how they would even one. do that. That may, is, I is think there that's world a Supreme courts? Court. There's got to be world courts, I guess. I don't know. Is I don't know UN about that. Try people? I don't know how it all works at that level. I've never. I, I know this is all domestic. Okay. So I think this is a Supreme Court deal and it is okay. going back to arbitration again. I do know that. But. Maybe they have like a lawyer working on their behalf or something. Who knows? But why? You know, yeah. why? You know why? what's crazy is China's influence in this country is is becoming a lot more of a, like, I don't want to say an issue because, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want them coming after me, but yeah. it's a problem. Like there's a, the TikTok thing is mm -hmm. not, I think that's the least mm -hmm. of our problems. I think it's sure. it's like the fact that there's a police station in New York City that they had like have you heard about that no china just like uh, decided we're gonna just drop a police station in in new york interesting and they're they're to police chinese people in the united states interesting. is what they said yeah they've got i think it was like 180 something police stations in other countries throughout the world and um it's awfully strange to to me and nobody really freaked out all that much about it uh, a few people on the internet were like hey guys this is a we got a thing going here. We got to take care of this, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And this, the the Chinese weather balloon thing. I'm not sure what to believe about that. That seems the news talked about it too much for me to believe that it was completely real because they're full of shit and yeah, everything they I say is I don't garbage. Have any like I don't think there's enough information present for anybody to have an opinion on it. Yeah, I'm gonna say I don't have one either because but, I have no yeah. idea what that is. No, and they haven't told speculation us speculation from I me. Don't know. It's yeah. I, I I don't even really care that much. I'm more interested in in random videos I see on the internet because that's more real to me than what the news is talking sure. about. Mm -hmm. Some rich, attractive person's opinion. Right, like that's all that is. It's yeah. That's something that's changed quite a bit in our lifetime, even though oh, like, I know I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Everyone talks about this on podcasts, but the news is such bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to get entertaining news that's also accurate. Well, I think that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Is it the need to be entertained? That's the problem. You don't need to be entertained. No. You just need to receive information. I find and the desire to knowing be what's going on entertaining. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing though. People want it to be easy to digest. Mm -hmm. When you just try to get your news from like TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, 
Facebook, all these different sources from real people who are at these things. Like, oh shit, this guy filmed the cops beating this dude up. Right, right, right. And I watched the video of it happen. And that, like, this is the world we live in now. It's not hard to, to do this. It's complicated and confusing, and it almost never feels clean and easy. And you almost never know who the good guy is, and you almost never no. know who the bad guy is. And it sucks. And people don't like that. Oh, man. I know. They don't. I, they don't. And this is something that I've recently started in with on our daughter because she started to do the, well, is that a good guy? Is that a bad guy thing? And I really, really dislike that, I especially like being hard. a very, very gray guy myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I uh, uh, no, that's not that's not the, the real world. You know, the good guy and the bad guy, that just depends on what lens you're looking through. The line. You know, you got to get to the bottom of why these entities are opposing each other in the first place. Because the yeah. good guy is probably some innocent guy in the middle who has nothing to do with any of it. Yeah. Right? That's probably And the, the good, good guy, guy changes. Bad mm-hmm. guy changes. We're all both sometimes. Um, what's that quote? The line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man. I always think that's a good one. I've never heard that, but it's not bad. You know what uh, parable I found very useful for teaching that with my daughter was the one about the the good wolf and the bad wolf two wolves one's the good wolf one is the bad one and the the kid asks his grandfather but grandfather which wolf will win the fight he's like whichever one you feed mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. you have hate in you naturally and if you feed it it will grow and if you have love in you naturally if you feed it it will grow and um when you're a kid everything is so right now yeah like, it's so hard to see outside of right now mm-hmm which completely flops when you're an adult and it's so easy to disassociate and think about the future or the past when it's so much harder to just be now. But yeah, and so it's there's that disconnect. But when you're a kid, it's nice to know that like, I got to make the choice right now to feed the good wolf. Because if I don't, I might not have the opportunity to to make that choice later. I got to just, every time I can choose to, I got to choose good. I mean, possibly. The, the, what I really worry about is, is, uh, the 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 path of good right being so blinding right the path of good being so lacking in life experience to have context on really what's 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 the tangible differences between good and evil i think i think that uh yeah i think you got to do some wrong and i think you have to carry some hate and i think you do have to utilize some anger and i think that um i think that's very much learning uh to live in the space between them living in a more realistic place where you have the tools to um not just think that you know yeah right so you can paint from the full palette of human experience yeah Mm -hmm. i totally know what you mean Mm -hmm. yeah and that stuff is gonna happen no matter what yeah that's true so the the best part is just to think about it that way and think like look we need these challenges Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. proper development and for flavor in life I just don't want a kid to step on their dick in their 30s. Yeah. Because they were too good. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and then the world hits them and they're like, oh my God, things are things are bad. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. Things are bad really often. Yeah, you know, exactly. Making things good is actually you, just you. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It takes, uh, takes some effort. You got to mm-hmm. get off your ass. Sometimes work really hard for a long period of time without seeing much results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then one day you see results and you're like, oh, thank God. You do. Mm-hmm. So stuff pays off. It's just, you know, yeah, life is a trip. I, I really never get over thinking about the, just like the passage of time always trips me out. Like, especially time and space by like specific locations. Like when I stand in a spot that I've stood 
not every day, like it's different when it's your home, but in a space that I like, maybe I go every five years, I'll pass through a certain dr- part of like my drive through I-5 where there's a like a rest stop that I always stop and oh, piss yeah. at. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, here I am again at this rest stop and I can close my eyes and it's like I was just there. And yeah. I, I don't just mean it in the way that, <laughs> I, I mean it in a very real way. Like it literally feels like I'm looking at a stack of old pictures of yep. all the old, t- every other time I was there and um, who I was at that time. And I can like transport myself back to that time. And my memory is shit. And <laughs> somehow I can still, I, I still think about time like this. And I think it's because I've trained myself to think about time nonlinear. I don't think about it in a linear way, which really is inconvenient for the people who love you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you think about your life like um, in a series of moments, that they just happen to be experienced in the order that you're experiencing them, which you think is chronological because it appears that way. Mm-hmm. And for, for all intents and purposes, you can think of it that way. But who knows? All we know is what's happening in this moment. Who knows what just happened? All we know is the, what the memories we have of this moment, which is not a direct record. And all we have is our simulated version of the future, which is far from a direct like right. prediction. Mm-hmm. So all we really know is this moment. For all we know, it could be just like every single moment we ever experience is like a stack of photos and they get shuffled and thrown down. But like, what if our processor is so fast to be in like real time to where like, even if you did switch, if you didn't actually experience time in a linear fashion and you were just jumping back and forth and all around, you wouldn't know because you're uploading and, and your brain is keeping up with stuff and memories as if you're in real time. You know what I'm talking about? Like a video game. Absolutely. Um, I was actually thinking about this. For some reason, I felt like we were going to talk about uh, <clears throat> something at least close to this. Um, recently, like recently, like as in like the last five, six years, I've been really tapping into um the emotional measure of time you know rather than for example it's like the way the way your brain stamps memories kind of like you're talking about with like the photographs right yeah so for for example one of the things i do all the time now all the time i listen to uh uh like 80s country right just listen to it all the time because if i like for example i get a get a can of coke Right. Or like, and I grab a three musketeer and I go drive up the logging road. I turn that radio on. I can actually close my eyes and like be in my dad's brown Silverado and be eight years old. And like you can smell it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm there. You can hear you the know? truck. Yeah. They, and that's something that's happened to me relatively recently, you know, and I, and there's this, uh, yeah. Yeah. This emotional timeline where it timestamps these really pivotal parts of your life that are almost more important than your accomplishments, right? Those become less and less and less important. And then all of a sudden they're these highly emotional and important and character shaping parts of you. And that all of a sudden you're measuring time in that way. And that's something that's become really important to me lately. Yeah. Oh man, completely. And that's like, if we want to go back to the stack of photos analogy, one of those photos is that moment in the truck, or it's probably more than one moment, but either whether they're combined into one memory or whether it's a whole bunch of memories Mm -hmm. or both. Um, 
that's who you are. And right. like, like that's your subconscious is holding on to that. And, and it's like the Rolodex of Nick, like yeah. that's who you are. Absolutely. And yeah. I like being able to like feel that stuff. It, I feel like it's really valuable. I, I feel like that, that person, right. When you were, I'm going to say like 14 and down. Right. And those memories and those emotions and those, you know, taste, smell, sight, sounds. I think as you leave your 20s, you start to discover that those things are more part of your true and core personality than the things you tried to paint your personality with in yeah. your later teens and 20s, 100%. right? Like that's actually who you are. You become more like that child, you know, in, in a certain way. Of course, you become an adult and you change, but, well, but that's there's the like process, a bridge though. over yeah. the middle place, right? The middle place is where you think you're becoming, you think you're choosing who you're going to be. Right, When right. really you're just like discovering who you've always been. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so into Modest Mouse. And, oh, wow. Uh, for like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> for like 10 years. I loved that band so much. I listened to them every day. I could sing every song. Like, I fucking loved that band. But it, it was, I realized it was, uh, I, I had started listening to them when I was in a very depressed phase of my life. Mm. I, I used that as like a vehicle to carry me into the depths of my despair. And so Sweet, by the yeah. time I was like in the, towards the end of my twenties, I was like, I still love this band. I, mm-hmm. I just can't listen to it anymore. It's not the same. No, I don't care if they make any more music. It's, I don't want to be him anymore. Like, right. I'm ready to grow up. Right. So. I'm, and then when I did that, dude, I figured out who I really was. I learned a lot about myself and I became much more quirky and dorky, honestly, mm-hmm. and, and I well, became a dad in the process, and yeah. that doesn't help with the dorkiness. No. Nope. But um, I'm much happier with this person. I'm not nearly as tormented as I was yeah. when I was trying to decide who I was going to be. Right. Do you, have you experienced that? Well, two degrees, right? I, I would say it's the same thing, a different, different body, different variations of the same thing, right? So, like, as a musician, I can say that I have absolutely been through this transition from the music making point of view right where uh you know you're trying to do all these big and spectacular and special things and you know and every month you want to be that much better and you want to reach that much further and and, you know you want to grow your crowd and and, oh man it's been like you know for this little astoria band it's been like oh bright lights big city and you're so enchanted and stuff you know and then here you are turning 35 and all you really want to do is sit down with a tiny tube amp and play telecaster and old george jones songs <laughs> you know it was all, it. all comes crashing down because it's just like man like it was um i was trying to create somebody right and i think one of the other things that happens during that time is there's this ego that says i want to talk about who i am and who i want to be right and uh that's not necessarily what you are as a listener or a musician, right? Like like that who you are, who you want to be ego thing, man. It's just not nearly as powerful as this is how I feel. This Talking is about my your state. This is my human experience. That's an entirely different angle than and it's like trying way to more craft uh, uh, something. You yeah. Know? 
You yeah. have, and it's way more nuanced. Mm-hmm. It's not simple. Right. You when you when you try to decide who your identity is going to be, especially when you're doing it through art, it becomes uh, so pretentious so fast. Mm. Like I write songs, and it is so hard for me to share them because. I, when I read them a day later, a week later, a month later, I'm like, you fucking idiot. This is terrible. <laughs> like, who do you, why are you so emotional? Or, or like, And it's because art is meant to be a snapshot of a moment. Like yeah. you're, you're capturing your artistic expression as a way to say, this is how I felt in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I am a loose cannon. So right. when I write something, it sounds it sounds goofy, and then so later when I read it, and I'm not that same exact goofball, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never. Well, and, so, yeah. so one 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 thing that that um, you know I was told pretty early on, but I didn't do anything with it was like that thing that you experience where you judge your own art is because you've been lied to that your art is for other people. And so what you do is you step into somebody you're not yeah. to look back and view your own art as an outsider to see if that's approved from an outside point of view. That's exactly right. Which is completely incorrect. Your yeah. art isn't about, you know, no matter how famous you were, your art isn't about a fan. That's true. It's not for them. They just yeah. happen to like it. Um, right? do, you, uh, do you know anything about Rick Rubin? No, no, no. You just said something that was like straight out of his book. Oh. Um, I he he wrote this book called The Creative Act. Mm-hmm. So Rick Rubin is a very famous producer. He's worked with everybody, like from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Beastie Boys. Um, he produced a whole bunch of Andrew Dice Clay albums, which oh I, sweet, I found that to be strange. But um, everything else was music. But mm-hmm. Andrew Dice Clay, like the Dice Man, hey, <laughs> or no, that was the Fonz. They're like <laughs> the same guy in my memory. Sweet, <laughs> uh, as a little kid, who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah. What was I gonna, oh yeah, Rick Rubin. So I'm reading his book and it's really, really inspiring because he talks about the creative act in a non-specific way and just of like what it is that we're doing as a, as a human, how we're just like kind of a conduit for ideas and with skills, we can pull those ideas out of the ether and like turn them into a, a beautiful piece of art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, and he, it's the whole book is just about how like to separate it from how to separate your ego from the process without removing your your Personality. voice? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a it's a cool book. You probably like it a lot. It, it, but what you said just really struck me because it sounded like it was straight from from his stuff. He's a philosopher, really. It, the way he talks about the creative process is uh, it's very poetic. Mm-hmm. Like he sees the the value of of the process and and sitting in sitting in the discomfort of of the work. Yeah. Like he mentions the work a lot. What kind of music do you do? Oh man, that's been a long journey. Um, I mean, I would say I've always really been torn between two worlds. You know, uh, I have always, always listened to and played classic country. That's always been like, like at the very center of what I do. But but I I grew up playing in uh, uh, like punk rock hardcore bands you know um you know sat in a few black metal bands um played play in a guitar? punk band with yeah 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 oh, you right next time bring your guitar and play a few songs yeah i don't know about that it'd be fun <laughs> i'd goof around i'd goof around for yeah, you. that fun. wouldn't be bad but you know it, it's just 
man, we used to play hard. We used to play hard. We used to party hard. We did, I mean, we did good, man. We used to travel around to play a lot. You know, my, my, my best friend and I, uh, well, we were all best friends then. You know, we started playing music together when we were, you know, 12 years old. And by 15, you know, we were performing. And we performed up until we were about 24, 25. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah man. We played hard. Yeah, we played hard. and uh, It's just that uh, the glamour's totally gone, right? The glamour's gone. You know, I don't even, uh, I don't even ride anymore. Right. It's like I went out and I got what I needed to get. Yeah. And I found out what was out there and what it was about. Um, but just the comfort of playing music that, 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 that takes me to a very, very close to home space, you know. Yeah. That's kind of what it's done down to i should say i don't know if it's dumbed down because it's refined to is yeah i really yeah, it's a don't reduction. feel the driver the need to perform I, I don't i don't know that i'll ever perform again it's just it's just unless something was perfect it's just not very important to me mm-hmm. i don't write i don't write um i just play guitar because i know my way uh-huh you know that's it yeah you've that's the progression of the artist, if you like, you got what you needed out of it, then mm-hmm. what you need now is something different. Right, right, yeah. I, and I started playing, um, started playing banjo, I guess, when I was about nineteen. And uh, that looks like fun. That's been a big one for me. You know, that's been a big one for me. Is guitars are very cumbersome. And I love guitar. Even acoustic guitar, you know, it's very cumbersome. I, I do love that too, I right? have always struggled with the acoustic guitar. I can't, I've tried to learn how to play it several times and I never end up sticking with it. Oh, but man, a little, a little open back banjo, you know, <laughs> the only thing you need to do is be somewhere. And, uh, Why is great. there so many more like notes in it when a banjo is playing compared to a guitar? Is that by imagination? It seems like he's just picking like crazy. Depending on the style you're talking about, there are many different ways to pick or play a banjo, but some of it is... Is it a polyrhythm? Like, what is going on there? So, for example, I, I, I play claw hammer style banjo, right? And it's a pattern called, like, a bum ditty okay. pattern, like bum did a bum did a bum did a bum, right? Yeah. And there's one of those, one of those strikes that isn't a note. There's like an and in there that's actually a strike on the head. It's percussive. It's a percussive, but you can't differentiate it from a note because there's notes next to it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can move between notes that are separated on a scale. But because you've moved from one note and, and jumped another note on that scale and made a strike, your human mind will play that note in your head. Yeah, right. Fill in the gaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally oh, that's will. so cool. Yeah, so there's stuff that goes on there. It's it's kind of like a yes and no answer. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's the magic of perception. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I was I listened to uh, I did Steve Martin's masterclass on oh, on comedy. Sweet. Yeah, and he um he, I don't even remember if he was playing in the masterclass or I just watched videos of him doing it because I enjoyed it. But he. Uh, I think that's the style he uses. The, yeah, he, he 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 can play everything. He is I, I know incredible. him as a banjo player, but he does play a lot of great claw hammer style. Yes, really, really good. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I didn't even know that till I was much older. Uh, I've been a fan of his for years. The Jerk was like one of my formative comedies. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah, he hates these cans. <laughs> that's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good guy. What are they? What What is he called? He He actually played for a group that's pretty good. Um, what is it called? Like the Steep Canyon Rangers or something mm. like that. He's actually part of a a bluegrass group. This has been part of for quite some time, and they're pretty good. There was good. so many videos of him playing stuff on the internet, like all like for the last thirty years. I didn't. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he been so famous for for that like he's uh yeah but it's part of his show too yeah like part of his comedy show so that's Isn't that cool. interesting yeah like a like a northeastern guy yeah he's, you know? he's very unique yeah absolutely yeah he's he's pretty interesting i mean i guess there's a lot of banjo players in connecticut vermont probably and all that you know but probably. you just don't think about it i guess yeah what were we talking about mm. could i have one of those beers yeah <laughs> buddy been waiting for you to ask Thank you. Yeah. Hate it when a brother's thirsty. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we can go to anything, man. Oh. All right. Well, we've been talking about deep stuff for a while. Let's mm -hmm. go back to back to topical for a minute. You got a, a, a new baby and yep. you, within the, just the last couple of years, you've become a new stepdad and mm -hmm. uh, a new father. Yeah. And- I mean, I don't even know if you want to call yourself a stepdad. I hate, kind of hate the term. Yeah, but, uh, it, it, to it totally bugs me. It's like a gross term. It's something I say for other people. Yeah, I yeah. don't call myself that ever. Yeah, it bugs the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, also, I don't want people to say that to my kids for some reason. I don't want them to call, even though I, I know that that is what I am, but mm. it seems degrading. So I don't, I don't know, but I know it's not. But I, um, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, it's the evil stepmother thing, probably. It's polluted, polluted everyone's I, I, mind. I don't. I don't know that. I. I. I don't. I. I think that one of the things. There's something I know quite a bit about. Is uh, people that raise you, right? The people that raise you. There's. There's something deeper there, you know. So sometimes this thing occurs where, you know, a man or a woman marries, say, like your parent, and they become a step parent. It's very, very different when you're either a very young child or even a child of any age needing something. Yeah. And, you know, while I'm a firm believer in that parents absolutely always come before children right in that like satisfied parents will give their children the best right unsatisfied taking care parents. of themselves yeah. yeah absolutely right that's that's yeah you can't kill yourself thing. to no. make your kid happy absolutely not and it, they won't not be raised right yeah but when you come in and you're a parent you know i i think i i think there is a difference there i i, and I think most people could if they took the time, understand the the difference between hey, yeah, somebody came along and married my mom, or you know, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. If if it's just like, because there are people who do that, they'll get mm -hmm. into a relationship and be like, "That's not my kid." Yep. Like I will be here, and you know, we'll all love each other and everything. But that's, that's not my responsibility. That's a stepdad. See, I don't even think he deserves that title. <laughs> Maybe not. He's Maybe just not. your your mom's husband. It's, yeah, your mom's husband. Yeah, that's very that's very true. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like. I mean, I'm raising the girl. Yeah. You know, and you're and you're co-parenting too, mm -hmm. which is a whole nother can of worms. Uh, how often do you guys interact with uh, Madeline's ex? 
Jacob, friend of the show? Well, you know, probably, I mean, I guess it depends on which context, you know. Um, Is, are you guys at, to a place where it's it's smooth and easy? With what's needed, absolutely. With like yeah. transitions between care and stuff like that. I think all that stuff is very good. That makes such a simple. huge difference in, yeah. in the whole thing. I don't thing. think, I mean, I don't think there's, um, I don't think there's ever going to be issues there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't go into that too deep, you know? Mm-hmm. I think mostly, um, I think mostly this is, uh, our daughter's struggle, mm-hmm. you know, I chiefly, I think that struggle, uh, uh b- belongs to her. Um, That's good that you know that you can mm-hmm. be more understanding along through the we're, process. Because me and Madeline, we're just her parents. Yeah. You know, That's kind of how I feel about it too. And she goes to another house and then somebody else is her parent. Yeah. You know, and, um, that other parent doesn't interfere with the parenting in our household so much, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we, I think we do a good job. I think that there's nothing there that won't make that complicated, especially because there's quite a bit tied up in it and we're all very different. Oh yeah. That you makes right? it just complicated. Right? There's no out there's the gate. no way around that, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that like Yeah, that's Q's struggle. And that's a question for her at a different time, I would say. Me and Madeline are just Yeah, you'll find out you'll find out later. Do your best and find out later. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um so the new baby. Yeah. Tell me about that whole process. How you how you guys holding up? Mm. Are you sleeping? That's something people always ask. Yeah, I mean, recently, recently, unfortunately, Madeline's feeling pretty sick right now, so I feel bad because got to be out snagging work. And she was nice enough to let me come here, even though she's not feeling great. Right? Shout out, Madeline. Yeah, she's a saint. She's I don't know how she does it. Look, look at me, Jeff. <laughs> no, I don't mean in the eyes. I mean, look at me. You're an Adonis. What are you talking about? <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, hey, man. Baby daddy smells like diesel. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You do smell like diesel. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed I mean, that about 45 minutes ago. Yeah, sorry, bud. No, I yeah, don't mind. Can you imagine living that life? Yeah, yeah she's a saint. No, I, I, personally, I can't, but uh, I, I prefer women. <laughs> uh, if my wife smelled the way you smell, I wouldn't like it. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, I will mm-hmm. say that. But. <clears throat> No, yeah. Madeline's great, and she's a hard worker, and she just like never stops. She's always always doing something. Yeah, we fucking go way back. She's like, she'll keep you guys busy till the day you die. Yes, she will. Mm. And the museum has been so much improved since she's taken over the helm. Oh man! Oh, don't get me on this, man! Don't get me on this. You like the museum? Oh, I love the museum, and uh, Madeline never, ever, ever gets the credit. She deserves yeah, for the work she's done I bet for not. the museum. She always gets snubbed. And uh, she is a far better person than I am. And uh, Me too. <laughs> she's just like, you know, she just takes it with such grace. You know? She's And tactical. just keeps doing a good job. She's also very strategic. She's probably like, oh, I'm not going to shit where I eat. I don't know. I will shit on my food some if I need to, just, man. I will go in and ear punch somebody. Yeah. <laughs> no, no is no with me, yeah. you know. Principled. Oh, Principled individual. God, yeah. I don't, man. Yeah, anything that fires me up, I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm really not conflict adverse. And uh, 
Well, that actually, Madeline has once slapped me hard, fucking hard in the face. Yes. Knocked Sorry. Me, she, <laughs> she knocked I love me this out story. of a tuba case. I was seated in a tuba case, and she she hit me hard enough to knock me out of the case. Oh, my God. Um, it hurt really bad. It was actually quite humiliating. I felt like I had been bullied. <laughs> she was so small. <laughs> she was so small. And she hit me so hard. Oh, I saw God. stars. I heard the Tweety Birds. Oh, oh man. God, yeah. She, she fucking decked me, basically. And, Sweet. Uh, but you know why? It's because I was flipping her shit. I took her seat, and then I wouldn't get up. And she just, she only asked me once, maybe twice. And then she fucking <laughs> took me out. <laughs> man, you know what? You, 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 uh, you, you want to piss her off? No, Present I don't. Present change. Oh, she, yeah, you not, not good with change, kicked, huh? Yeah, you got your butt kicked because you got in the way. That was her seat, man, and that wasn't about to change. You got your butt kicked. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's super funny. It was because at the time she was like little kid boyfriend and girlfriend with CJ Hawkinson, friend of the show. He gave us the air conditioner. That we're using right now because we're overheating in here right now. And he was my best friend, so I was like, I'm going to sit by CJ. And then she's like, all right, well, this is what you get for that. Bam. Wow. Yeah, it took me out. Yeah, she did. Wow, man. I hope she slapped somebody for me one day. <laughs> oh, she was doing it for herself. Oh. So you're Finnish, eh? Uh-huh. You got, I'm Finn to find some fun Finn folklore. You got any? Fun Finn folklore? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I actually just wanted to say that alliteration. Fun In alliteration, yeah. Oh, fun Finnish folklore. You guys recently traveled out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about that. Um, so I uh Well, we were considering different places to go and Madeline being Norwegian, she really wanted to go to Norway. And uh, that was a bit more complicated. And she was nice enough to let me talk her into going to Finland. Specifically Helsinki because I've spent some time there. I've been there on about five different occasions. and <clears throat> You've been to Helsinki five times? Uh-huh. Why are you spending so much time in Helsinki, Nick? It's awesome. What do you got going it's in Helsinki? Awesome. Freedom. <laughs> Is it a pretty cool place? No, it's wonderful. I know very little about the culture, the geography, anything about I know about architecture in Helsinki, the band, but that's it. It's – honestly, it's, it, it's very difficult um, – it's very difficult to speak on Finnish culture, right? Um, without instances, you know. Um, the I mean, when I was actually told this recently, and I think it's hilariously true. But I mean, Finland is the Japan of Europe, right? In what way? I well, so uh, simplicity is king. Right? Oh, it's clean Dur- culture. Yeah, d- directness. You know, honesty. Um, Nature is very important. Uh, art is very important, but but something that that, that really displeases Finnish people um, is too much of anything. Okay, right? Temperance. No, yeah, nothing should ever be. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I mean, in the visual, more or less, you know, like no art should ever be too colorful. Okay, not impressionist you know, right? fans. It, huh? it, yeah, exactly. Things are very, very, very simple. Very nature-based. Um, no Jackson Pollock for them. No. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Um, 
man, it's just such a, it, it, it's, it's such a beautiful society of people who really don't need a whole lot. Of, of what? No, it's people who don't need a whole lot. Uh-huh. They do, uh, uh, Finns don't need much to get by. Okay. You know, they are okay. not, they're, they're not, a, they're not a people of material value. Is there any immigration in that country or is it like just Finns? There's immigration. There yeah, is. there's immigration. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of the, one of the things with Finnish culture too, right? Is, is that like. It's real old, right? It, it's real old. And being and the, not necessarily the nation, but the ethnic group, because mm-hmm. the nation is actually very new. You know, it's only been since 1917 that they've okay. had a free nation. But but the ethnic group, um, in the ethnic groups of Finnish yeah, peoples, lot, huh? um, are are very old, and they've been around Fennoscandia uh, and the Baltic for a very long time. For I mean, ten thousand years or better, possibly. You know, they're older than, for example, uh, those people are older than the first German people who migrated into the other Nordic countries to become Norwegians and Swedes and et cetera. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Vastly older. Wow. That's yeah. super old. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So all like the, the tall blonde genetics, um, that those came from Germany before? No, that's, that's quite complicated. Actually, the the highest concentration of say like blonde hair, blue eyes, and like the Scandinavian don't, don't get, look. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't I'm, get we're not we're not yeah. yeah because because people bring up weird stuff with this and it's unrelated yeah, crap. That's not that's what we're talking about. Different ethnic group, right? Because Finns are not Germanic people. Okay, yeah, right. They don't have a Germanic language. They don't have a Germanic culture. They don't stem from Anglo-Saxon and Germanic peoples. They are actually an entirely different origin than their Scandinavian neighbors. It's um, That's interesting. Be, being being white and being Finnish is a really complicated thing, right? Mm-hmm. Given that like- Being white is actually way more complicated. I guess than, it is, right? Because yeah. you are white. That's really the you joke. You are white, right? Like everyone no who's thing around white that, is something different. But you're not related to basically Western Europe. Uh-huh. So that's kind of a weird space. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And you get like on a world like- perspective the they get lumped together at least for americans mm-hmm. a lot like i had no idea they were separate they would be separate like that genetically well and uh you know slavs for example you know russian folks they the scariest of the whites oh i don't know about that there's a lot of great slavs um no i didn't say they're bad it, it's just that russians moved into what is now russia fairly late you know, that was a fairly uninhabited area, but there was different, you know, Sami peoples. The Tartarians. Uh, the Bepsians, yeah. There was a lot of different people around there. And uh, so at That's one a crazy time, history area. Yeah, it is. Like it, at one time, Siberia Finnic and peoples, all that. Yeah. At one time, Finnic peoples were actually a vast group of cultures, you know, who were reduced down by uh, cultures who are actually more um, agrarian okay. and modern. Right, a lot slower to change because they're very nature-based uh, cultures and societies. Um, very, very mystic. You mm. know, they stayed pagan for a great deal longer than most of Europe, mm-hmm. and it actually took a, 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 a per- particular crusade, a conquest of Finland by uh, the Catholics, to finally 
Oh, they must have had St. Patrick get over there after he finished with Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After he, so many people don't know that that's what they're celebrating when they're guzzling their green beer. Some it's Roman like, dude killing the crap out of pagans. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. yeah. He was originally a British child. He was kidnapped by Irish and taken to Ireland. He was raised in Ireland, and then he escaped and went back to Britain. But he was a Briton of Roman descent. I, I don't know. His I didn't know fa- that. His father was a Roman aristocrat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that why he was kidnapped? And yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that part. But in in what I guess is England, but it wasn't England then. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but in Brit- Britannia, in Britannia. I didn't know that either. Yeah. It, well, because that was the Roman okay, lands yeah. in in Britain is mm-hmm. Britannia, so his uh, his father was a Roman aristocrat of Britannia. Nice. Yeah. And then he went back, and this time it's personal. Mm-hmm. He got all those pagans yeah. back. Yeah, absolutely. And we no celebrate it every trees. year here in America for no fucking reason at all. Can we talk a minute about how Chicago's dying water green and how that really upsets me? Like, has nobody thought about how bad that might be? Okay, so yeah, my kids showed me a, a picture of that green water, and- um, was like, how are they allowed to do this legally? If somebody died to Columbia River Green, an assassination would take place. I can't imagine what chemical they're using to do what that. What is going on? Well, because it was so bright that it's not just, like they're not just putting green in there. They're also having to put white in there uh, or something that's going to reflect. Otherwise, the, the light's not going to shine back green like that. It, that's true. They're milking up the water somehow. There's some so kind of a surfactant in there. The only thing I know about this compound is that they would put it in buildings to look for like cross-contamination plumbing leaks. Okay. And then they'd actually go check the canals in the river to see if there's green coming out of any of the store drains. And they would know that there was a fault somewhere in the plumbing somewhere in Chicago because wow. the green got out. And some guy decided that, hey, this is great. We should put it all in the river because Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's very ridiculous. Yeah. Dyes are very, very easy to spread. Like a little bit goes a long way. So hopefully it's just like not act. I'm hoping there's some ecologists somewhere. I've actually been concerned about it for days. Yeah, like who's looking into this? Mm-hmm. It, I've been like, super worried about everybody it. Everybody in Chicago is just like, yeah. Just totally comfortable <laughs> nuking water. Nobody yeah. even looks at like, what the fuck oh, is man. going on here? Jeez. It's like the guys who used to dump buckets of bleach in the river. To kill the fish and net them below. That, that, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That was a total thing. Oh, that sounds like a not very good for anybody. It's not very good for anybody. <laughs> Did the fish uh, taste good out uh, bleach I kill no like that? I have no idea, man. This was like in the 60s. I wasn't uh, around. Yeah. I can see dynamite fishing before bleach fishing. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little the, concussive shock. Not going to hurt nobody. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. So any other bullet points? Did yeah, let me I mean, see what we got here. You're kind of curious about like, oh yeah, Spanish so you, America in a way, I think. But yeah, I, I, you know, if I'm curious about anything you are interested in and want to talk about, really, anything that you're, you that you can get fired up about, that's what I care about. But um, my, me and Melissa were talking about possible stuff that that we could mention, and mm-hmm. we remembered that you did some DIY home renovation stuff. How how did that all go? Oh, still working on it. Still mm-hmm. working on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Forever, yeah, yeah. Forever. Yeah, you'll never be done. But we've got a great new master bedroom. Cool. Yeah, we just got our walk-in closet done. Nice. And uh, bathrooms partial, and uh, nearly all the interior sheeting is done. 
in the upstairs like adult living space. So we're going to, I would say, not double the floor plan of uh, our house, but cool, close to. Yeah. Right on. It's going good. That's not as interesting as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Melissa, terrible idea. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh man, I so I'm going to come, we're going to make it, we're, we're going to do a finished culture thing right now. Okay. All right. I'd love to. When you ask really complex questions and uh-huh. you get very basic answers or even single word answers, like yes or no yeah. questions that you think are going to have a story, that is an incredibly and disgustingly finished thing to have happen. Do, wait, on which side of it? On like, for example, somebody's like, oh man, what do you think about this? Do you think this should be that way? And a finished person goes, yes. Okay. You, you know, it's that whole buzzkill. Like that, no, that's a total thing. So. Well, that makes sense. That will happen. Uh, that is like a podcaster's uh, full stop. Like it'll oh, just slam seriously. the brakes. Yeah. It's actually like a joke on news. I've had people who do that the entire two hours. Oh, that sucks, man. It really sucks. And then I have to sit there and I'll spend four times longer editing because I have to make it sound like a conversation when really it's just a series of me like, how about you talk about this? Mm. How about you talk about this? And they're mm. just like, no, nope, nope. Ah. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. I have been, I did a podcast yesterday. I did a, I did a podcast with a AI this morning and I did a, one couple days ago i've been doing them again the last couple days but Uh um i haven't been doing them for weeks i just like lost lost uh interest all of a sudden just dropped out of me all Mm. the energy left my body and Mm. i was just like i can't do it couldn't do it Mm. i don't know why but this is fun i'm enjoying myself i'm glad we're doing it yeah i like it hey you know what not getting uh, not getting to sit around and have beers after work is that's the thing. That's a shit deal, right? Yes. So this is it. Perfect. Really is. <laughs> it's there's so few opportunities to do mm-hmm. that when you have a family, and really, I don't want to be doing it all the time. But it's nice to make a reason to like to just have a conversation, drink a beer, enjoy mm. life for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I want to be doing it all the time. Legitimately yeah. slow yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nice. It's really nice. It's good to slow down. It is. You guys drink at home ever? What's that? Do you drink at home? Me and Madeline, yes, we partake. Yeah, yeah. Is that your? Do you have like a a ritual? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, um, we we like to make cocktails quite a bit. You know, we drink a lot of red wine, uh, beer. You know, of course, I love, I love. Oh man, I love my cheap domestic beer. you Somebody's know. got to pay for those poor people. Otherwise, they're going to go out of business. Hey, man, you know what? Are the kids drinking this garbage? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, we are. We, I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, I drank I mean, so much cheap beer as a, a teenager and a young young man. I don't I don't drink much anymore. But well, so the the, the one thing, man, about uh, about these domestic beers, you know, I love micro brews. I really do. Um, I don't want a session microbrews. And uh, the other deal here is the guys who are making these domestic beers are making a living wage five days a week. You know, a lot of them are represented by great unions. Yeah. And, you know, the microbrew, you got a lot of guys who are hiring and firing and cutting people's hours and whatnot. So, I mean, Bunch of you bitches know, with man buns. I mean, you know, it's... <sighs> Nothing wrong you're, with that. I mean, the thing is, is that you're you're supporting 
a, a better, more sustainable lifestyle for American workers. Probably. It's mm-hmm. probably some factory in a place like Milwaukee or yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. People who go to work every day, they got benefits and health care. You know? Yeah. I mean, I love microbrew. I do. But You're I allowed to like more than one thing. thing. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a hobbyist thing. It definitely can be. want to, you know, work every day and get by and feed people, well, yeah. this helps them, I mean, so why not? These days, you can make a pretty good living with either one. But the uh, I see what your point is. I, I, yeah. it's a it's a good one. I, I think mean, that... with, without being too prejudiced, is at a base level, you know. Yeah, this does this does support that. I mean, I worry that uh, people grab onto fats pretty quickly. Oh, for sure. People grab onto fats guilty. Pretty quickly. Yeah, guilty. And it's it's. I like, did a podcast uh... with an AI earlier. Oh wow! Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but you know. Um, not all things that have been consistently around are bad. They've just been consistently around, right? Yeah. Most of them are probably pretty good. I like this. Yeah, it's me too. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a long distance. You got a long arm. I don't. Yeah, I got gorilla arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not me. I don't know what the medical term is, but uh, my my wingspan is two inches longer than my height. Sweet. Yeah, it's cool. I can swing from branches and shit. It's great. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, I don't have the upper body strength for that. But if I did, you know, I'd be doing it. Yeah, it's kind of a requires kind of a really, under, really right? strong pecs. Yeah, I mean, like, like so. Shoulder, but then girdle. again, like when, when when you're like, for example, a little guy like me, you know, are you a little guy? I kind of think I'm a little guy. How tall are you? I'm five nine. That's not little. It's not little, dude. I'll tell you what. Growing up in Astoria High School, that was little. Well, those people are freaks, dude. So there's some athletes in that place. Dude, this funny thing happened to me. It's like, I always thought I was the smallest dude, right? Running around like out in John Day Svensson, you know, and like playing sports in Astoria. And and, uh, come to find out, man, like I went to Portland, I went to the big city, right? And dude, I was bigger than half of people. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, little guys everywhere. Yeah, I just just, grew up in like this this freak Nordic town where like everybody's big. So I'm never going to get over the fact that like I grew up feeling super small. Yeah. 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 Height is a weird thing. It matters Mm -hmm. so much. And people, I mean, some people will just acknowledge it. Some people actually too much like women on the internet, (laughs) (laughs) but um, they suck though. Yeah, they do. That's a shitty way to be. They suck so many. Yeah. Um, But you know, it is what it is. It's, it's somewhat, it's somewhat out of their control, to be honest. Like they, they don't get to choose who they're attracted to, but they do get to choose how much manners they use to express those feelings. Because it's because no one can control who they're attracted to, but we get to choose how but much we talk about it. People are fooled by their perceptions of what they think is entailed in who they're attracted to, and that's. Can you expand on that? No. <laughs> nope. Nobody has ever said Absol- that. No, we are not going to go there because I'm. What not do you gonna, mean by? I'm it? not going to make this podcast explicit. Well, let's see. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to see what you mean. Do you mean that people like get an idea of what society wants them to be attracted to, and they're too influenced by that to see what they're actually attracted to? I'd say that's a big part of it. Yes. I believe that 100. percent 100. percent People being dishonest for themselves, or uh, people being attracted to ideas of things they think they should be attracted to. Yes, I remember trying to force myself to be attracted to thin women when they were popular in the 90s. Oh, but they don't got it. I can speak on that all that day. Is not the move, <laughs> but it never did take. Never did take. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can do that. You can trick yourself. Be like, oh no, 
the vision I have for myself is this. Right. And then you just try to force it. When you give up on that is when you can actually allow yourself to be happy. Right. And so there's my argument. They absolutely have control over this thing because the thing's an illusion. It's not their natural attraction. Yeah, your attraction changes too. Sure it does. I have become increasingly more attracted to the features of my wife. Oh, man. Since she started becoming the only person I have sex with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Curly hair, mm-hmm. the body style, the mm-hmm. sh- everything. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh-huh. I really like it. And <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to get explicit on here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy how much it affects like just the your preferences. Mm. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah, I love my wife. How do you like being married and just like having one person who you're fully committed to? Oh man, took too long. It's a great feeling, yeah, huh? Man, I've wanted that for so long. So really weird thing. Uh, I mean, I've I've wanted to be married with kids since a pretty young age. Like soon as I could. It's like what I wanted to do. I think it's a personal type. Like oh, man. some people are just born to have but a that's family. That's just what I wanted. Absolutely. A lot to give. You know, a lot to give. Lot. lot I want to. I I I think th- I think what it has to do with is uh, I had such an awesome upbringing. Man, my childhood was stuff of dreams. Well, that makes you a good candidate to be a parent, but that definitely doesn't, I don't think that accounts for the drive. I think that you could have the exact same drive with the exact opposite upbringing. You can. I didn't have that childhood. I just want to give that to my kids. Oh, that's so true. Like there's a lot of those too. There is. that, that, That spark is is from something else. I mean, dude, I, honestly, growing up, growing up on John Day Slew with my dad, holy shit, the man was a legend, you know. And I was raised by other absolute legends. I mean, I was raised around men who saw the things that shape our culture on the Lower River. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just absolute legends. And I was surrounded by him, you know, and, uh, you know, dad took me everywhere and I'm not trying to discount mom. <laughs> mom was a sweet and what'd your parents do? Woman. Uh, my dad was a longshoreman and a gill netter. Okay. And, uh, my mother, uh, worked for her family's, uh, beer distributorship, Coast Beverage, which was kind of a big deal in Clatsop County. And, uh, she owned a few stores and mostly took care of us. Um, but man, the guys, a lot of the guys who grew up around her, you know, come from the families that places are named after, you know, on the other side of the river. And uh, yeah, it's one of those communities. Absolutely. I mean, man, the cool stuff and the traveling I did with, you know, my father, I got to. You know, started going to Bristol Bay with him in, you know, 2000 when I was 12 years old. And you did? I spent every summer with him up there. Oh, that's cool, man. And God, just that group of guys, the just big group. They were every, every one of those guys, you know, there, there wasn't like full time longshoremen still because traditionally there never was a full time longshoreman. You were a logger. You were a gill netter, and then you longshored when a ship was in. Okay. Right? That's yeah, like that the makes tradition. Sense. So that's the group I was around. I mean, I mean, these guys are fascinating. You know, I can remember going up to uh, uh, Northeast Washington. There was this guy 
who I've been fascinated with my entire life. His name was Dan Hoover, pretty important figure in my life growing up. And uh, he uh, he flew this cub, and he had the roof cut out of it, you know, and he had this whatever bulletproof clear plastic over his roof so he could fly upside down and spot elk. Oh, my God. And he'd come down an elk hunt with my dad, hunt, hunt rosies, and then, uh, you know, and we'd go back to his... Uh, his cabin up in uh, northeast washington and that guy was just an absolute i mean that sounds badass you could not drive to his house you had to fly you had to fly to his house you know oh and it's just like so that's cool the people i grew up with i mean like i remember uh i remember sitting down at the dinner table and dan come and sit down and and uh my, my mom says dan if if you don't go have a shower right now before you eat dinner, I'm kicking you out of this house. It's like <laughs> some, of these like guys were, some of these guys were just such, you know, uh, uh, wild such man. mountain men. Yeah, such wild men. Yeah. yeah. And just, man, that exper those experiences are just so absolutely irreplaceable. I mean, the, I'm the happy to hear I you knew, say that. You know? My kid has been going to Bristol Bay for two years now, oh, and he's nice. 14. And Great. It was a weird thing sending him up there with his grandpa, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, who is just like a lifer. He's been going up there forever, and he he's just he just knows the game. So I wasn't worried about the safety any more than anyone is. But um, I never heard of anyone going up there that young, yeah. And so and I, that's not the life that I had growing up. So I, I grew mm -hmm. up in an auto body shop. It's mm -hmm. just like same town, totally different life, sure, totally different world, yeah. And um, so it was a little scary, but yeah, it you oh, turned so out you turned out though. great. I can't wait to see how <laughs> Sawyer ends up. I love I love that first look. You're great. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man, but I could do. I can't even. I can't even tell you. So, for example, a great man just recently passed away. His name is Clarence DeMassey. And I don't know if you uh, know of Clifton at all on the other side of the river i i know a john demassey he's the port i've manager. honestly wondered if uh they were related but i yeah. don't know that yet okay. i should ask him about that actually because his, his possible relative i don't know if it's relative but uh yeah clarence used to cook me a salmon spaghetti in alaska because salmon this, spaghetti yeah salmon spaghetti it was super good because he was this italian guy you know amongst all these nordic guys right uh -huh. and uh man he was the mayor of clifton you know he ran clifton station more or less, and uh, just a fantastic man, fantastic man. I mean, a piece of history. You know, there's pictures of him and in black and white of him and his brother, you know, throwing fish over here at Union Union Fisherman's Gannery. And, and uh, <clears throat> his best friend is a dear family friend, Gary Zeke. And I don't know if you've ever gone by Zeke Nat Creek. I don't know. Over by Napa. There's, there's an area named after them, but that's a fascinating man as well. I mean, he run he runs a a, a wildlife refuge. Mm. He knows everything there is to know about waterfowl, everything, uh, you know. And he was the best uh, he was the best road maker, you know, on the north coast in the woods. There's that you know he he was a longshoreman as well. But he anybody needed a road made in the woods, they were the first call. You yeah, know, people mean, seem like they had a lot more skills back in the yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was just the guy, you know, and he was a fascinating and wonderful person. I mean, I guess this is all an extension of you asking me why I wanted to be a dad. I mean, 
Yeah. Can you imagine you holding share. on to all that? Yeah. And not not having anywhere to put it. I mean, Completely. I can't let time go on without sharing some approximation of yeah. that. I don't I worry that not I worry that more people don't feel like that. Like they don't have something to share. I kind of I like that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast is just because I'm constantly having all these you know, solid gold thoughts and mm. they're just disappearing into the ether. No one will ever get to enjoy them with me. And now they do. And having a kid is is that on a whole nother level. It's just like you're programming this human, giving them the skills to go out and live the rest of their entire life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're you're helping them fashion the frame and the lens through which they'll see the world forever. It's a very big job. It is. And it's it's fun also, but it's, I mean, it's hard. I think one of the biggest things I've taken away from my own life is that the modern life is never going to measure up. It's not going to ever measure up to what what I was allowed to have. Which is probably not even possible anymore. Maybe not. I mean, you'd have to work really hard to make it happen. But I, I almost I, you know, I don't want a lot. Hu- humanity to uh, uh, be that. Uh, yeah, well, that's my chance to be that. Right? So you know I mean, where I'm going with that. The, yeah. it would have to be like an apocalypse where I you mean, get a man. homestead and all that. You're protecting your your little village. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we don't want that. No, we don't want that either. There's but a sweet spot there. There's a romantic aspect to that idea of mm-hmm. like when you don't have a choice and you know you have to make the best of it. What would that be like? And you can kind of fantasize like, oh yeah, you know, going out to the water hole and you know having a fire and all that shit. It's not really as good as it sounds, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it would get old real fast. Man, like subsistence lifestyle, you know, was such a big part of our upbringing. You know, we we operated on the different seasons, the different hunting and fishing seasons, and uh, oh man, that's I mean that fa- a lot of fond memories stem from that. You know, one of the proudest moments I ever had was uh, we're a pretty we're a pretty big crawfish family. You know, and. Uh, we brought, you know, all these. We just brought a bucket of uh, cooked crawdads to Quincy, and we sat them out in front of Quincy, and we had Quincy sucking on crawdad heads, and, man, she couldn't let one pass by her, just, you know, sucking Those on are so gills good. and stuff. And it's, oh, man, this is so good. And that's like a cultural thing, too. That mm-hmm. That's not something that anyone anywhere can just do. Mm-hmm. And even around here, right. mo- most people even around here that, can't that just is do a, that. That is a sub-cultural thing. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Where, where we grew up, you know, in the slough, you know, over there in the islands. And, and I mean, honestly, I'm, I guess I have to admit I'm a little bit of a swamp person, you know. Is that like by where the houseboats are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so me and... Uh, uh, me and my dad uh, co-owned a float house out in the islands there too. Oh, you own one of those float yeah. houses? Cool. Well, not there on the river, but actually out in the Columbia, out in okay. the chain of islands there above Tongue Point. There's ha- there's float houses. Oh, I know exactly where you're talking about. They're old old communities. Yeah, you can used- kind of see them down by off Highway 30. No, well, that's 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 that there's some there. Right, but no, these are you. You can't see them, and you cannot get to them other any other way than boat. You, there's no okay. way you can view them. Um, and they're on the river. They're on the river, but they're tucked way inside the island. So we're oh. at Horseshoe Island, right? Oh, and, so you're uh, not you're protected. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I'm the Columbia. Yeah, aren't no, you they're totally beat protected. The There's a whole archipelago out there. Okay, you know, and uh, man, yeah, I've I've taken Madeline out. And... Oh yeah, you're a boater. Mm-hmm. What kind of boat do you have? Well, I have a, I have an eighteen foot uh, 
Grizzly, which is just an old big, big, big open John boat. And then I have a, a 24 foot uh, 1969 uh, Uniflight Express. Oh, mm-hmm. Uniflight Express. What is that kind of boat? Uh, so Uniflight was from United Boat Builders in Bellingham, Washington, and they were actually a, a military them. manufacturer. And uh, they uh, they built uh, a bunch of boats for the. Um, you're gonna have to help me. What was the name? The name of the Delta in Vietnam? Oh, uh, Mekong Delta. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? I'm probably wrong. Damn, I don't know. I just in watched case, a movie they, about they Vietnam built, yesterday. Yeah, they they built a bunch of fast river boats and um yeah, yeah, these these boats were called a pig PC. Yeah, these were a different thing. They were like a fast uh fast uh, fiberglass boat with a with a turreted uh fixed turreted um what do you call that? Like a rail turret where it's on the bearings. I don't know. Um, that, that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, but it was for the I fucking love boating. Dip, uh, it's so fun. Oh, Being shit, out on the water dude. is oh, invigorating. Shit. I mean, There's that's like nothing better, man. That's I mean, that's the beginning of my story, really. Right. Growing up on John Day's loop, yeah. boating every day. We swam to some of our neighbors' houses. Uh-huh. Right. Because like, oh, some of cool. our neighbors lived in float houses. So uh-huh. like you didn't like walk to their house. You like swam to their house. Right? Everyone's or, probably a great swimmer. Or, yeah. Or you rowed over to their house mm-hmm. and piled a bunch of kids in a boat and you rowed down to, uh, oh, dude, fat pats. Dude, Fat Pats. I don't know if you know where the John Day uh, boat ramp is now. Yeah. It's a big, big paved like county park now. Well, that didn't used to be the case. Mm. You know, it used to be just all gravel. It used to be a gravel strip that went down. And then there's there big, no dock there. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. a shithole. And there's no dock there, no nothing. It was just a ramp. It was just mud and gravel. And then right across the street used to be Fat Pats Market. And uh, we'd all row down there. And, uh, you know, we'd barefoot up and go and we'd sit on the benches and sit there and drink Cokes at Fat Pat's Market. And, uh, got a mini mart or a market or oh, with a, as long as he's got a deli and some fucking in, soda and cases. And Fat Pat used to sit there. He read pornos every day. Uh-huh. Right? So he'd be sitting there. Keeping we'd be, up on the current events. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be sitting there slowly flipping pages of his pornos there at the No shame, the market. huh? No, nothing. Yeah, it's right out in front of everybody. We were sitting there buying gum, ice cream, whatever. He's just all rocked up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. That's a crime right there. I mean, like. You're not allowed to look at porn in, in front of kids. <laughs> and like give kids Coke and ice cream. I know. <laughs> He's just. But that was commonplace back then. I remember lots of grownups. Uh, like one of these guys that worked for my dad. He, My dad had him stand in a trailer in the building, like mm. in the shop. And mm. uh, we didn't have a bathroom in that shop. So it was also the crack shack, which we, I've had multiple crack shacks. If you're if you're if you follow the show and you're confused because of my other crack shack stories, this is a different crack shack. This is related to crab. I'm hoping crack the uh, like the part of your ass where the shit comes out Got because it. that's where we'd go to take shits. Um, and there was porn all over the walls. Yeah, absolutely, there was. <laughs> and yeah. being a kid, I was just like, well, I you know I'm not against it, but it is strange. I mean, you know, there's this. I don't. It was it was tasteful porn back then. Yeah, we call they it weren't spreading. Call it what you want. They weren't there's, spreading vagina. It was I like mean, you didn't see part inside. Of me that's just like you know, if if there's not if there's not cigarette holes in the shag and a couple of tits on the wall, it's not even a shop. It's not even a shop. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, I just had a memory recovery <laughs> right, see, right dude, when I'm you said that. You. I smelled true, the cigarettes yeah. and then it brought it Absolutely. back. Absolutely. 
Um, there was a one of the another one of the guys that worked there. He had a Bondo mixing board. Mm-hmm. Like it's like an artist palette. It's got uh-huh. a hole in it. You hold it like sh- shit boxes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mm-hmm. the okay. So you you put the the Bondo on there and the catalyst, and you mix it up and like spread it, spread it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His my dad's was just like a piece of aluminum or a piece of steel. Mm-hmm. It was like, and he kept it real clean and everything. And this guy though, it was a piece of plexiglass with a porn magazine sheet in like in between yeah so when he, yeah. he's like look it was just the same why would you ever look away over and why over. would you ever look away and i remember like walking by and like trying to sneak a peek at his mixing board without anybody seeing that i was trying to look at it but very sneaky yeah nobody very cared sneaky. if you looked nobody you gave a fuck times nobody cared nobody yeah. cared nobody cared but i didn't you know i was worried about being cast into the fiery pits of hell so oh man yeah couldn't be couldn't be too careful in that yeah, case. Yeah. Well, you, you could you could go in waving, screaming. Yeah. So, how did that work for you as a kid? Was your were you, the upbringing a, a religious one or atheistic? What was your what was your guys' style? So, uh, my mother is a Sicilian Catholic. Okay. And my father is uh, is a Union Finn. So, I mean. They couldn't be fire and ice. I mean, they couldn't be more different, right? I That's mean, a great mix. Yeah, fire and ice. Honestly, I it mean, really is. So I got a lot of that, like very, very strict and Catholic and very like Italian culture, and then a lot. So of you that, understand like, a major sect of society? Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, my dad's very much like, well, I don't know what the you know. So you're also something not crazy. Something happens, but you got to worry about what yeah. happens on Earth for a while, bud. You know. I really think that's the best mix. I had a similar mix. My yeah. my mom was very much just committed to biblical teaching, like uh, more of like an evangelist Christian, mm. uh, whatever you want to call it. It was a non-denominational church, but very into it. Um, I love her, and I I I really think that um, she has nothing but the best yeah. intentions at all times. I think the best thing you can do is lean into the mic and say, "Mama, I love you." Oh, she knows yeah, it. She knows good, it. But she also good. is is not afraid to tell me that she thinks I'm going to hell. <laughs> so That's I can bad. tell her that I think she's <laughs> yeah, brainwashed. Yeah, okay, this is even then. This is pretty fucked up. Um, but she thinks I'm brainwashed by my liberal arts education. So it's okay. Mm. We're passionate people and we we're- we're uh, damn liberals anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm a full on moderate. I, yeah, I, I really I am. I really really In most that. ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need a new political party, to be honest, but- yeah, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Actually, that we could talk about that if you want. But um, yeah, actually, we can. I, I was kind of done. I was just saying I relate because my parents were complete polar opposites on that. Yeah. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we let me take a pee break and Let's then do jump that. on to uh, that exact topic after that? Let's do it. What was it again? Just so I don't forget. It was moderates. Moderates. And the need for new. Oh political yeah, uh, gun toting liberals. Mm-hmm. That's my political party. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. All right, go for it. Let me take a urination. Oh, you're gonna want to. You're gonna have the impulse to walk out that door and fall to your death. Ouch. Don't do it. Ouch. Go out the hatch that you came in. Ouch. I'll help you. Oh. Yeah, I see the hatch now. Okay. Yeah. So this is a door of death. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was my a... best friend had a door of death. It's just a test. Oh, I'm gonna stay up here. I'll be here. I just found some uh, Jelly Belly Bean Boozled Fiery Five Challenge. How hot can you handle? I'm gonna put some hot jelly beans in Nick's beer. 
You think he'll think it's funny? I bet not. This is fun. Feel better? Oh, oh my god. Thank you. Oh, don't thank me. You did all the work. Huh? Don't thank me. You did all the work. Oh, yeah, right. That's fair. And we're back. Have you ever heard of these? I'm sorry? Have you ever heard of these jelly beans? Bean Boozled, the Fiery Five Challenge. They're uh, spicy jelly beans. Don't you get that shit near me, Jeff. I'm going to eat these. I was going to offer you something. <laughs> Jeffrey Stanton. I'm not going to I'm not going to make Don't you, you put eat those them. fucking beans. But I'm going to eat some me. of these beans. <laughs> Dude, go for it. That's great. I like spicy foods. I like jelly beans. How could I go wrong? I bought these for a, a piñata that I didn't have room to stuff them in. So I'm going to eat them. That's great, dude. Yeah. Enjoy. Um so you were telling me about Mm -mm. Your political views. Yeah. We and, were telling each other. And you're you're mm -hmm. saying how you're so liberal that sometimes your hair will just turn purple overnight and you wake up. Absolutely. And, and it, you don't know how to. Yeah, exactly. And I do like the inverted penis trick. Yep. You do <laughs> a couple of wiener inners mm -hmm. every night. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Well. <sighs> um, but no, for real, though, we were talking about how we're both fairly uh, centrist, moderate. Yeah, mm -hmm. Even if, like, I have certain views that I'm where I'm extremely liberal and mm -hmm. other views where I'm extremely conservative. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes you a moderate. I think that makes you a person. Yeah. 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 Nuance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Complicated people. Right. But we need another political party. Yeah. Ooh, this one's habanero. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. No, man, that's not candy. It goes sriracha, jalapeno, cayenne, habanero, and then Carolina Reaper. The oh, you know what? Okay. So we're going to do a finished side spur right now because- Holy fuck. I watched your face Holy right now. Holy shit, that is hot <laughs> as fuck. Oh, this is not going to be good, dude. I should have gone with the lighter ones first. Yes. Oh you my God. You didn't? You went with the hottest first, didn't you? I was second to hottest. Jeffrey, you fucked up. My Lord. They'll get you. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> have you ever watched Hot Ones? No. Me either, but I see the clips. <laughs> I wish I would have came up with that idea for the show. I was like, oh, that would have been. Wow, we, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God, this is hot. <laughs> I'm going to try to cool it down with a green. Well, with another one? That's a good idea. Mm. It's jalapeno, which genuinely have delicious flavor. Mm, yeah, jalapeno, you good. Actually, yeah. That one tastes like Tim's Cascade chips. Oh. You like a jalapeno chip? No. You don't eat <laughs> spicy food, huh? I do, actually. So you're a coward. Oh. Jeffrey, Mr. Nesbitt. Um, I'm weirdly picky Ooh, about what's sweating under my eyes. Oh, yeah. Is it good for like your, uh, is it good for the bags under your eyes? Is Probably. the whole thing? I, I hope so. I hope so too, buddy. So you, you don't do the spicy food? No, no, I do do the spicy food. I'm actually weird. I have some weird picky stuff, dude. You don't like candy that burns your face? Yeah, that doesn't mix, man. You're that, so that, picky. That's a nope. Yeah, I really am. Hey, you want that beer? I had water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Okay. I found it. I found yeah, it. Yeah, cooler down, bud. I do like the green ones. Wash it down. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, anyway, go on. Cascade of coldness. How you feel now? That is better. That's good. That's good. Um. 
Yeah, anyway, you and I being more, uh, yeah, more just people who are open to uh, their own ideas and things that influence them and uh, aligning with morals and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I would say. Let's do a rapid fire um, political leaning thing. Okay. On all the the big the big issues. It's, okay, it's, that sounds fun. So if you're left, shit, right, or dude. center. Oh, not like yes, no, or maybe. But we like, can do either one. Whatever, you, whatever information you want to share. How about I can go between both? And if you don't give a fuck about one, you just say I don't care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. All right, yeah. you go first. Oh, pick pick your category, and mm. I'll and I'll ask you. Or well, let's see. I'm just gonna pick a, a, an issue. Uh, Second Amendment. Oh, buddy, I can't answer that in a simple question. You know why? Why? Because I am a liberal gun owner. Me too. And I happen to believe that the Second Amendment is completely unimportant. That is for people who like laws, not for people who like human rights and needs. What about yeah. the people who like guns? Mm, that, I mean, that's true too, but that's a freedoms thing, right? Yeah. We're, I mean, we're talking about almost like a principles laws. Thing, I like right? guns in the way that I like technology. Mm. I like. I just think they're fucking cool, and the fact that they could save my life in a pinch is really a bonus. Oh wow, yeah, we are very different on that. Um, so, for example, I believe that the proletariat, like myself, the people who must sell their labor for wages, right? That. They are disenfranchised without arms. They are. That's true. Mm-hmm. Most countries, that's not a problem. Right. But here it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, do I believe that um, they're a tool for revolution or self-defense from like a government entity, from a military entity? No, I do not, because I understand the military machine more than that to believe that garbage yeah, we, you, you, crushed, do, like, you do not measure up crushed like little but love. as far as the right of the peasant the proletariat the working class to utilize firearms as a tool for their own gain yes is a human right hell yeah yeah it's a tool yep that's exactly right mm-hmm. just like a sawzall mm-hmm. it's just much better at killing people um, a lot at once, so they need to be regulated in some way. Absolutely, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I I would not mind if you cut me down to a, a single shot firearm because most of mine are. That would break my heart. But um, I mean, I understand. Like, uh, it's it's not, not like they're like not needle. But, but I would get it. Mm-hmm. I would get it. Mm-hmm. I think that really we need to look at intentions and intent and like what is the law supposed to do? Is it just supposed to let rich people have big fun collections of fifty cows that they can? You know, shoot at pumpkins or whatever. So, a really interesting thing about this exact deal, the Second Amendment, and who has the right to bear arms, right? It is the right to arm and keep a militia of citizens, correct? Yeah, I guess. Right? But I don't see a lot of militias around. Yes, you do. You see them every day here in Chinook. You know who they are? Who? State troopers. What? That is the state militia. That's why they're called a trooper and not a police officer. They are the state's militia. How is that possible? Isn't a militia like a, a ragtag group of friends who just want to but do the right has, thing and shoot people? It has people? transformed over the many years. It developed. It got, yes. Okay. So they do exist. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like their hats. I've always liked them. Yeah, the Smokey the Bears. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Only you. To call the Smokey for a reason. I did not know that about yep. the troopers, that they're actually the state, That militia. is our state militia, is the state trooper, yes. Wow, that's why yep. they think they're so great. <laughs> they're yeah. my least favorite cops. And that's the reason they supersede the other officers, is uh-huh. because- In like how much of in, dicks they are? Well, because in like times proper, mm. yeah. Yeah, they would, they, the citizen militia real would dicks. supersede. Like real oh, dicks. Oh, bro. Um, Dude, I, I, I wanted to do a well check mm-hmm. on a lady- who come by and asked me like to use the phone at the house. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh man, that lady doesn't seem like she's doing very good. And she's like a young lady, you know? Did you let her in your house? No, I didn't. So I go down. Did you let her use your phone? No, I didn't. I wouldn't have either, and I would have felt bad about it. Not me, because I'm street smart enough to know that I never let anybody have anything well, because yeah, I no. don't know their intentions. But, but I also wouldn't have sought to see that she made it out okay like you did. With the well, that's check. the thing is then I'm like, okay, this person sought to ask me for stuff. I'm not going to give them an opportunity, but I will see about a well check. I know there's two stagers down at the, 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 the fire station. So I go down there and I say, hey, guys, this gal's going down the road to, to you know, toward El Waco now. And doesn't seem like she's doing very good. She might need a well check. You know, she's just things just don't seem quite right. She thinks things look a little different. And uh, the trooper uh, looks over at me and says, yeah, well, you know, they always do, and rolls up his window. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so, okay, I guess we maybe need to get a hold of the sheriff's office to... Oh, now they're the ones who will help you. I like them. That was dumb. Yeah, predict and serve. Yeah, the state patrol, um, I haven't interacted with them for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Really, actually, they have changed the way they do business since COVID. Mm. They used to be really aggressive and they were constantly oh. pulling people over. There were speed traps everywhere. I remember everywhere. Chinook being pretty aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The 101 period, all the way from South mm. Bend to Chinook was- uh, Oh man, in that stretch from uh, that stretch from Napton to yeah. Nacelle, it used to be a terrible speed trap. That's, I got I a ticket that. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the first ticket I got with my family. They were mm. all in the car and I was ah, like- Damn it all. Going 55 and a 40. Be- and actually the funny thing is the cop was on my ass and I was going 50, but I thought the speed limit was 55. And I'm like, oh, I'm going five under and this cop is riding my ass. So I'm just like, I'll speed up to 55. Mm. And so I sped up to 55 and she pulled mm. me over and wrote me a ticket. She's like, it's 40, you idiot. Mm. I was like, oh, why were you riding my ass? I was going fast. You know what? This is, oh, God damn it. This is just one of those things, buddy, where like, for example, we're at a sheriff. My favorite thing about the sheriff's offices, and I don't care what county you're talking about, is that usually, as far as, you know, when when I was growing up, in order to be a sheriff, you had to be a guy from the area. You had to know the people of the county. You know, you you, you, you kind of had to be a little bit of a country boy to be a yeah. be a sheriff's deputy. You know, and, and you understood people and knew how to talk to them. And now, if you're going from Napton to Nacelle and you don't know the speed limit and you're trying to do something reasonable, which I don't know about the state of Washington, but I'm pretty sure the state of Oregon, if you don't know the speed limit, you, there is a specific speed limit that you're supposed to. Uh, um, uh, kind of like, uh, what, are they, what, what do they say? Kind of default to. Oh. And I think it's 50 miles an hour. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense, though, because- It the, does, because there's, there's all kinds of times when that happens, like, right? And you can explain that to the officer. I was going 50, as you observed, going 50. And I was going 50 because 
I went to the default speed because I did not understand the speed limit, right? Yeah. Or the law, clearly. Or the law, clearly. Yeah. And, and hey, you know what, country boy, deputy, he would have just been like, I understand. Yeah. Don't fuck around on my road again. Yeah. Or I'll take care of it. But no, you know what? State trooper was like. They don't know me. No. They don't know this area. They're no, just, they sigh. You will be getting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because you're going way too yeah, fast. It's going way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. must subscribe to the Fears orders from here on out. Yeah. That's how it feels sometimes. Yeah, totally. Man. Yeah, yeah the world is crazy right now. Speaking of the Fear. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I'm, we're not, we don't have time to get into all that. We don't? Nazi stuff. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, no, yeah but, oh, yeah. And I guess no thanks. The, as far as political goes, we talked about the Second Amendment, but mm. uh, what's another one? Um, I don't think we have time for abortion. No, that's a big one. Plus, that's multi-layered too, because mm-hmm. the the recent, the last year, the stuff that's happened with the, on that front is fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion has become firmer. Actually, we will talk about it. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I've always been um, a pro-choice person mm-hmm. in my in my adult life. And you've since changed it, detect? No, uh, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I have become more firm in that. Oh, interesting. Like the more reason, firm. the reason I'm. Pl- pro-choice is because i don't trust the government to do anything especially not regulate regulate human lives mm-hmm. i do think that a, a fetus is a baby and i do think that a, abortions in a lot of cases are killing one and i think that's horrible and i think that a lot of the women who are going through with that understand how mm-hmm. horrible that is and they don't need the government mm-hmm. or, or people waiting outside of their abortion clinic mm-hmm. screaming in their face to tell them that um i think it's none of my business what people do with their bodies mm-hmm. and um yeah, I, and I would like to have autonomy over my own. Mm. So I've, I'm pro-choice for the strictly for the reason that I, I'm a liberal on that one because I don't trust the government to regulate human lives or or even human bodies for that matter. Mm-hmm. But um, I really hope that as as few people will do it as possible. Like I hope that we live in a society where there are systems in place to try to prevent the need for a lot of that. Mm, yeah, sure. And yeah. Uh, right now we don't. Right. Like we live in a place that encourages um, practices and behaviors and family structures that don't support women uh, who need help. True. Like mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of reasons why um, that's that's why I, I feel like I'm pro-choice. But mm-hmm. it's complicated. It's not it's people want to hear one side or the other and then they just put a lot of uh, think connections right. to it. And it's it's not that simple. It's it's a very complicated issue. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. One that I don't even have any authority to speak on in the first place. Oh I'll fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll fuck you up. Let's hear it. All right. I'm also pro choice, but my reasons <clears throat> entirely different. The woman uh capable of having the child is a tax paying citizen and member of our society in the United States. The child she is choosing not to have is not. The tax-paying citizen and member of our country supersedes the questionable, maybe not life, that she carries. Because it's not a citizen until it's born? No, no, it's it, it's it's a matter of uh, she's paying into this entire system. Yeah, the the person she's caring, if it's a person at all, no, uh, no, absolutely not. That that mother, her, 
who she is and what she is absolutely supersedes what it is or what it could be 100%. Okay. She retains the right above that thing. Period. Right? Because she is the only one who is conscious, right? And a member of our society. A decision-making entity. Absolutely. She has power over that. Period. And that's where I stand. Oh, yeah. So, okay. I think I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, so why bother trying to supersede that authority? Absolutely. Like, what? It's done already. That's the decision-making entity. That is the, the human mind who is a member of our society. That's pretty cut and dry. Absolutely. And that also takes the moral aspect of it 100%. away, mm-hmm. which is so heavily tied in with religious fundamentalism, mm-hmm. which complicates things. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really strong argument. And it's easy. It's, it's not complicated. Like, I mean, you could, let's see, let's play devil's advocate. How oh, we, that's who I am. How could we refute it? Like, what's a, yeah, okay, we could go, we go heavy moral and say mm-hmm. like, oh, well, somebody's got to protect the baby from these selfish mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it better be, you know, the government. Mm. What would you say to that one? Oh, they're not babies. One, um. I would also say that that's the perfect that right there would trigger so many people mm-hmm. into a launch into an irrelevant argument. It would, but luckily did get me. Luckily, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm thinking of my character. I'm like a Christian woman Absolutely. from the Midwest, mm-hmm. and I'm heavily principled. Right, but luckily the greater evil here would be if you allowed the child to be born into such an apostate environment sir i'm a republican not, which could i don't not care possibly. what happens to this kid after it's born <laughs> are you serious uh, and if you have uh, that, that's just my opinion is that, that if you have those values then then why would you want them born into a belief system that you don't agree with and who cannot and refuses to support them well I we mean, have section eight for those people they'll be taken care of they won't no, not even a little bit. They won't. No, that's such a such a true point. There's so many little ways for this argument to just squirt off into something that doesn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. That it, it rarely goes anywhere mm-hmm. when you hear the discussion done publicly. Yeah. All right, let's see what this one is. Oh, I got a Carolina Reaper. You want it? No. You're good. No. Do you eat lutefisk? Is that a Finn thing? No, it's a Norwegian thing. Norwegian yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Have you had it? Mm-hmm. No. So... Here's a little piece of Uniontown history. So my father, you know, growing up, he was one of the Uniontown gang. Uh, <clears throat> growing up, uh, he used to watch down at the Finnish meat market, right? When they had the wood barrels of lutefisk sitting out on the street. Mm-hmm. And the stray dogs around the neighborhood would come around and piss on the barrels. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like... 15 times a day while the lutefisk is sitting out there in the line, the dogs just come by and piss on him, piss on him, piss on him. And he said he never ate lutefisk. And uh, for, for, for that story, neither have I. Yeah, I had a, yeah, that sounds terrible. Hell of a way to grow up. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to eat it in the first place, but the dog pissing doesn't help. Whoa. Oh, man. Oh, but <clears throat> That was a hot one. Yeah. You're tough. I like spicy foods. Yeah, you must. 
I like uh, I, I need I need stimulation. Mm. I have some bath not bath salts. Whoa. I have some smelling salts if Sweet. you want. But if you if you're into it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any bath salts if you're into that. Damn, dude. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> don't want to eat our faces off here or anything. I did some bath salts with mm. when they were Oh, my God. Story available. time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's hear about you eating somebody's nose off. It was a very economical high. Like a tiny little bag of this stuff. It's called Blue Silk. Blue Silk. It's like $20, and you could get high for days. It, wow. Yeah. It was like methamphetamine very much. Oh, wow. It was not a good, not a good mm-hmm. high. Um, oh, man. Ugh. Oh, Jeffrey. Mm. I, I kept breathing in the, the spit and getting in my lungs. Mm. Um, ugh. The, uh, so the blue silk. <laughs> they, were, they were telling everybody it was synthetic cocaine. Like, it's legal. It's synthetic cocaine. It's and I was like, sauce. well, I'm 19 years old. I'm the perfect person to do some experimental fake drugs. So I bought some and um, I liked it. It was was like you barely took any. And I was undiagnosed ADHD at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that life. So I'm constantly looking for stimulation. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't have a legal access to medication. I was Mm -hmm. buying that on the black market too. Mm -hmm. So this stuff was like way cheaper. And I was trying to figure out the dosage to be able to use it basically to medicate myself for ADHD. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting... That's not, probably not this. Got a little squirrely yeah, on yeah. me. It got a little squirrely on me for sure. <laughs> At one point, it was three in the morning. I'm in a tank top in the parking lot of my apartment complex. Fuck I the yeah, you were. door of my car completely taken apart. I've cut the cord off of my vacuum cleaner and strung it out to use it to reverse the motor of my window roll, mm-hmm. roller upper because mm-hmm. it somehow got broken and... Uh, it wouldn't roll back up, so I had to flip the motor and have it roll back up the other way. My dad walked me through it on the phone, and um, I just did it in the parking lot. But I realized really quickly, like this stuff is—it's not good. This is not. This is yeah. garbage. Mm-hmm. This is how you dismantle people's faces. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Th- this all—that all happened much later. Right, 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 right. But I didn't sleep for like three days. Oh, started wow. hallucinating, and um, screwed screwed up your adrenal process and all that absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely i started using a squash as a pillow oh sweet they're really hard that's fucking awesome it just you fit, used a squash it fit as a perfectly pillow. in little nook <laughs> in my neck i was just like how have i never thought of this before <laughs> i couldn't turn on the sink <laughs> have you ever tried to fit a butternut squash in the no- in the nook of your neck no, that well, doesn't sound like my personality. I feel like I would experiment many ways up. with a butternut squash, but it would not be for sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I wrapped it in a towel and covered it with duct tape. Wow. Um, well, and the reason was I needed a pillow because I had to sleep by the door of the apartment mm-hmm. in the little breezeway mm-hmm. on the linoleum mm-hmm. because that was the only hot. place I was safe. Ah. Everywhere else in the whole place was scary and I needed to be <laughs> able to quick escape. Oh man, yeah. That's there good was shit. there were spirits in there. Every time I turned oh, on the uh, the sink, Jeff. I would see them out of the corner of my eye walking by. <laughs> it was it was. Scary. Oh man, this is good shit. Yeah, it was. It was, oh, it was bad wow. stuff. Um, the whole thing culminated when um, it was finals week. Uh huh. So I'm like, I was a junior in college, and mm-hmm. I um, I'm taking a little bump of this stuff <laughs> this to get me so through my finals. Good. You know, <laughs> Um, it was a uh, an essay an essay test for my mm-hmm. the class was it was like 
neuroscience 420 or something mm, smart boy shit it was a smart boy class mm-hmm. and it was a uh, it was three questions essay style questions like des- you had to design experiments to test for certain things mm-hmm. and so you had to identify like the neuroimaging techniques and and the process and just mm-hmm. like, all the variables and all that and um i was really good at that stuff sweet it, like the the system just made sense to me so mm-hmm. i was like literally adhd logic matchup yeah completely yep. i was just, like my Got hands it. were shaking i was so excited because mm-hmm. i was just gonna fucking slay this yep, test I'm there mm-hmm. also i was high on on bath salts fuck yeah and so i get i get through the first question um and i'm feeling great i've like erased the whole <laughs> thing and redone it three times mm-hmm. and i'm like fuck yeah this, i'm killing this and i look up we had two and a half hours to work on this thing. <laughs> it's been two hours and 15 minutes. Oh my God, this is the best ADD story I've ever heard. So I have 15 <clears throat> minutes left to get through the other two essay questions. And these, yeah. are, these are in-depth things. These are not, like you're mm-hmm. writing a full essay. And um, I, I fucking panicked. I froze. There was nothing I could do. I sat there in complete frozen, sweaty, clammy panic with my eyes just like probably looking like a, crazy high person on bath salts yeah frozen and i just stared at my professor because i i was trying to get the nerve up to ask him for more time and um at one point i realized i had just been staring at him for quite a while and he was looking terrified (laughs) (laughs) and i got up out of my seat and i was like i better go talk to him to straighten this out yeah mm -hmm. so i did so i walked over there and i said dr Grimm, i'm gonna need more time this, uh, I, I'm not, I, uh, I was prepared. I just didn't manage my time well. I got carried away and uh, I'm going to need you to give me some more time. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time, but I think he was really uncomfortable. Yeah. And in retrospect, I can see that. So and, like you had, you had attention deficit paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. Executive high. dysfunction to the max. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> um, exacerbated by chemical Yeah, it's abuse. like next level. Yeah. But he actually let me come to his office and uh, and finish the test. And he gave me like an extra hour. And it, when it worked out well. That happened two other times that week. Wow. Never, ever, and he ever was never in like the history. Uh, no, Jeffrey. different professors. Different. Oh, different professors. Dr. Durfee also let me have extra time. He was sat there and smoked a cigarette on the steps. <laughs> that was not his name. Yeah, Dr. Durfee. <laughs> okay. All right. He was Dr. Durfee. Got it. Yeah. Uh, he was my <laughs> statistics professor, and he had a yellow mustache from smoking so many cigarettes. Sweet. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. so after I finished the test with Dr. Grimm, I uh, was, uh, you know, I was on top of the world. I had just, mm-hmm. just slayed this test and mm-hmm. clearly shown my merit to this guy. And so, so so I said, Dr. Grimm, I know next year you're going to need new people in your lab. And I just want to let you know I'm going to make myself available to work in your lab. Mm-hmm. He was a, It was a drug study. It's a lab that studied drugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he looked at me like I was the most This is like idiotic. LSD spiders and shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the studies where they have the rats with the bo- the cocaine, the Skinner boxes. Oh, yeah. He did those. Okay. Uh, direct injection of cocaine into rat brains. And I wanted in. And um, he Fuck looked yeah, at me did. like he, so he's studied the drugs for his entire career. And he's looking at me. I'm drenched in sweat. <laughs> he's like, and I was like, I want to work for no you. Man, I'll, I'll let, me, let me have access to the cocaine lab. And um, he's just like, uh, that would be no a fucking no, no, thank Mr. you, Mr. Nesbitt. I will take that uh, and 
put it in consideration. I'll put your application in the stack. But probably no, dude. And um, <laughs> I still didn't get it. I was I was like, what the fuck is his deal? Oh, like, I'm such an asset. That's pretty fucking punk rock, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes things don't work out. No. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I ended so up weird. doing well on the test, though. So that you was cool. Did. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't get in the free cocaine lab. No. <laughs> Damn the I world. was going to let the rats free anyway. So uh, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that. But you know who deserves the cocaine? Who? Jeffrey. At the time, I probably would have taken it. Mm-hmm. But it's been a long time since those days. Oh, yeah. You get old and it's not fun. No. Yeah. That doesn't even sound appealing at all. No, not even a little bit. Not at no. all. Mm-mm. No. <clears throat> we used to have a... Uh, we used to play. Uh, we used to play shows at this place called the Litter Box down in Eugene, and there used to be this <clears throat> this gal that they called Tough Tiff. Tough Tiff would show up <laughs> with a bullet belt. Was she a lesbian? No, she was not. Um, yeah, she was. Bullet belt. Tough she Tiff. With a bullet belt. Her name was Come Tough on. Tiff. Come on, tell me something and else that doesn't just... sound like a lesbian, because otherwise I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> there were. <laughs> there uh, and and then she just had these little tiny vials with corks, and every single one of them had cocaine in them. Oh yeah, yeah. Tough tip, sweet old tough tip. Oh, was yeah. it in her bullet belt? Yeah, it was in her bullet okay. belt. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. she's it working. Tough tip, yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Nick, it's we've been over two hours now. Sorry, Bob. Probably let you home to your family. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming, <laughs> man. This was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Anything? Mm. Uh, any closing words? Oh man. <clears throat> no. Very good. No. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Madeline, thank you for letting me borrow your husband for a while. He's a delight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, it really helps us out if you leave us a rating or a review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to get more involved and support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive content, bonus episodes, and a Ramble by the River t-shirt with every Royal Rambler subscription after three months. Instructions for how to join are at ramblebytheriver.com. Click the subscribe link. And it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Bye. Nobody take me here and now It's my time to run it out It's my time, it's my time It's my time to run it out I'm young, I'm free Can't nobody take me here and now It's my time to run it out It's my time, it's my time It's my time to run Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going somewhere.